Hello, my friends. We meet again. It's been a while. Where should we begin? It's fucking been forever. I haven't podcasted in like four weeks. I'm a little bitch and I got some shame. Oh, yeah. But I'm back here. To podcast, yeah. With Jake. It's gonna be amazing. Just wait. Um, well, I would like to say, hey, welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. It has been, yeah, like I said, like a month since I've done an episode. And it's one of those situations where, um, it's funny. You can go through my you can go through the 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 episode list on whatever podcatcher you 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 look at and the the release dates of my episodes correspond at like like a one to one mirror of the 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 condition of my mental health pretty pretty decently because i will go months on months on in releasing one every week and then there'll be like a three week or four week or five week or two month or three month gap. And then I'm back on it and I'm doing it again. And then there's another gap. And um, yeah, no, it's just, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the actual truth of it is, is I, I haven't felt like I have things to say. I haven't felt like... Um, I haven't felt like I have like I have value in the talk space. And it and it's it's self-image stuff, it's you know, imposter syndrome and things like that. And I deal with that, so but I'm back. Jake Stutzman, welcome to the podcast, bud. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, Jake. Hi, Aaron. Um, y- you, you guys, y- you guys, um, <laughs> you you're guys. coming into a conversation between Mr. Jake and I. Um, an hour into our conversation, to find out that some point in that hour, about 19 minutes into that conversation it um it quit recording Jake's voice we record across the internet I don't know if some shit happened I don't know why this program decided to do that but I sound checked us before we started going and we didn't get Jake so Jake we had a hour long amazing conversation about doing the hard work on ourselves and how our brains work and kicking nicotine and struggling with uh, reactionary things. And we could try and recount that conversation for the people right here. But I don't think it would go well. I don't think we would hit any (laughs) of the same points we made to each other. Um, So I guess let's just start here. Let's 
Well, I'm going to start here. I'm <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> let's let, let's just not beat around the bush. I am pissed. I'm going to be my fucking authentic self that I, we just had an hour-long conversation Maybe. about doing to ourselves. And goddamn, yep. I'm mad. Like, there's an anger inside that of me. Sucks. I want to bash my lava lamp and just break it open and watch the goo, the hot, waxy goo splatter everywhere. Maybe a little lands on me and I get burnt from it. And then I feel a little bit of that pain back in the masochistic way to, like, satisfy the fact that, yeah, that sucks and I'm mad and I hurt myself. So it's all worth it now. I sang to you for our opening, mm. everybody. I'm gonna still you play did. that because that was that was fun. Um, <laughs> we, we lost you so should. much. You had Jake. You had the best two words phrase said to me mm. that's ever been said to me in one of these conversations, and it's missed. They will not hear ah. you say it to me. Damn it! It was it was a golden moment. It was magic. Is magic behind the mic? Fucking but, frustrated. Eric, okay, as so, yeah. artists, the show must go on. Right, this show must go on. Okay, recollect myself. <sighs> Take a drink of my beautiful uh, cucumber jalapeno cider. What the fuck? <laughs> So this, this it was awesome. weird enough when you said cucumber jalapeno and then tied it in with cider. Right, right. So I'm a fan of ciders, but I'm a f I don't like sweet ciders. They have to have like, they have to be almost on the sour beer spectrum of of cider for me. And mm -hmm. this Incline Cider Company makes this. They're a Portland company, uh, and it's. I saw it. I love cucumbers. I love jalapenos. I love like the the lime cucumber Gatorades, that weird cucumber lime Gatorades. Those are so fucking good, dude. Oh man. Um and I saw this, I'm like I like cucumbers, I like jalapenos, and I'm going to try it. So I bought a sixer and it is not sweet. It it is like this refreshing cucumbery cider like little bit of bite the jalapeno comes in second. It's not like sp a little bit of heat maybe gets left in the back of your throat, mm -hmm. but the flavor of it just like comes in. It's just wonderful balance. And like for a hot day, oh, dude, I tell you, it is it is a thing of wonder and beauty. And they're <laughs> seasonal, so it's only going to be around until, you know, the end of August or something stupid like that. And um, Hell yeah. Okay, so the show going on. Um, we were just at the point where you were going into your trip to Germany. So I guess uh, we're going to start there Hell for yeah. the listeners. And that's really where they're going to hear this thing pick up. Um, uh, you yeah. went and spent, what, three weeks? I wish. We were only there for 10 days. Oh, it, why do I feel like it was longer? Oh, because you had a long hitch right <laughs> after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then we took a shitload of pictures. And uh, we were posting large volumes in every city that we went to. Okay, so you were on learning German. You talked about doing it in seventh grade and going through that uh, pickup there, I guess. Yeah, I had my introduction to the German language in middle school. And then uh, my brother my brother studied German for five years, all the way through high school and into college. Um, never, ever did we speak German to each other for some reason? I had no idea that he was studying German. 
inside of our own house. So you two were independently studying German in your bedrooms and never discussed it between each other. Wow. Wild. Apparently. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. We didn't do much talking for about, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so. There is that. So you'll, you'll have that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, so, I mean, I'm not by any means German. My ancestry is German. Um, I, I'm a 10th gen, uh, ninth generation American. We've been here for a while. Yeah. I can't really, it's not really fair to call myself a German, right? No, now. no, no. What's cool is I have Nate's, uh, Nate's, I have dates <laughs> and names and places of birth for nine, eight preceding generations of American uh, ancestors in my bloodline. It's wow. pretty neat shit. Wow. Yeah. So my son is 10th generation American. Good for you, little dude. That's it. Anyway, I found like I found a German fascination for a long time, and I, in twenty, probably twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, I uh, I opened a separate savings account, and I was taking thirty dollars a week from every direct deposit because we're paid weekly. Uh, thirty dollars a week and just pushing it over into an account, and I said at some point this is going to have enough money for us to do things and stuff, and then you know, young children and life happened and that my vacation account never happened. Mm. Um, so that was like, I said, 2016 or 17. So fast forward five or six years later. And I said, fuck this. When are we, we need, we just need to go. Like, if we're going to do this, let's just go already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, we did. And it was, that was everything that I hoped it would be. Okay. So, so we, 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 took, fl- we took a flight from, Nashville direct to London, which is eight hours overnight. Cool. So you, you go to bed kind of on the plane, you, you wake you, up you in London. What, 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 what plane do you know? Oh, fuck. I don't remember. 747? My head. Uh, Big one? Did no? it have the bubble nope, on the nose? It was definitely Airbus. Oh, it was an Airbus. Was, yeah, it was definitely an Airbus. I want to say A380. Oh, cool. Uh, twin engine. Double. Not quad engine double deck i thought was interesting nope single deck airbus single deck but it was broken up into like sections so we were we were flying business class which was rad yeah (laughs) Uh, Yeah. it's no no fault of my own i guess or not um nothing that i planned out it just kind of worked out that way we were flying on miles the only tickets available on that they were business class whatever i'll take it so Mm -hmm. you have first class up in the front being bougie and then there's a, there's a partition in the plane, and then you have this business class section with the reclining is, chairs. Is this partition like a literal door, or is it a curtain? Oh, uh, a curtain. Okay. Yeah. But but they had on on the plane back it was something else. But uh, they had like fold up panels. So <laughs> where the seats in front of you have like a uh, a three quarter partition. Yeah. These panels folded up, and then they would bolt into place. Like to divide you, the poor people, <laughs> from the rich, people. the wealthy people at the front of the plane. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. I'll be back here with the poor's if you guys need me. That's right. You know, doing my thing. So that was rad. Uh, first time, well, Kayla had been to Costa Rica in school, and I had been to like Mexico and Canada and all that, North America. Yeah. Um, but the first time either of us had flown to, or been to Europe at all. So, more or less by my recollection first time out of the out of off the continent so you land in heathrow 
Yeah, which sucked ass, yeah. by the way. I've heard. So you land in London, and without ever leaving security, you have to go through three more security checkpoints. Customs. Inside security. Yep. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. So if you word to the wise, uh, I was going to I was gonna buy a bottle of, oh, God damn it, not schnapps. It was in Munich on the way home. But I was going to, long story short, I was going to buy a bottle in the airport and then carry it on with me. If, had I done that, like I would have had to forfeit down a bottle free. in London. Oh, really? Totally. Why? Because you can't carry any fucking liquids through there. <sighs> Even though you never leave security and you've already been checked, you have to go through an, uh, three additional security checkpoints in London Heathrow. Damn. And that took... That took every bit of two hours. So you might as well have just mailed it from Germany back to America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, eh, no big deal. I'm sure I could find it in the U.S. and I can't. <laughs> uh, it was an apricot brandy. Ah. Ah. I like okay. brandy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. All Brandy's right. decent. But anyways, um, so we, we fly to London. We get there. We're doing a thing. And then we have like an hour and a half layover in the airport. And then we fly over to Berlin from there. Um. And like, I'm just glued to the window. I'm glued to the window the whole time. Like, this is a thing that I've been wanting to do for as long as I can remember. And it's finally happening. And I go, it looks kind of like every other city. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Would you look at that? Over here, there's some city. Um, But Germany was, Berlin specifically, was just so, like, everything is so efficient. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to like, I've never been to New York city. Have you? Huh? Uh, well, okay. So Berlin, as I understand it is the, the equivalent to New York city, right? It's the biggest, it's the, the most metropolitan, it's the hustle and bustle people pack close together. And, uh, oh, way close together. Fun side note for you. I got asked this question and I said, you have to understand that Europe is small. Yeah. Oh yes. Very okay. small. And we as Americans don't grasp this concept. So I said, well, let me break it down for you. Here's some shit that's going to blow your tits off. You don't know any better. Germany is 1,100 square miles smaller than the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boom. All right. And I have another one for you. Imagine if you packed 83 million people into Montana. Yeah. That's Germany. Yeah. Twice, huh? twice the population of California, dude. It's into nuts. Montana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with that, right? Yeah, it, um, yeah. Germany alone, ha- Germany alone has that means that Germany alone has twice the po- eighty-three million. You said mm-hmm. it's twice the population of all of Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a tiny, in a tiny little yeah. European nation. Yeah. Um, but surprisingly, you know, we took high speed trains between all the major cities that we visited and there's still a shitload of pretty much undeveloped rural land. Like oh, yeah. there's a lot of farming that goes on over there. I guess not surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. They got to eat too, you know? Well, it's, it, Germany's at like, I mean, latitude wise or sorry, longitude wise, it's, it's at like the same as like, like Southern Canada, right? I'm not sure. I know it was hot. <laughs> oh, was it? I wonder. Okay, let me let me look at that. Let me pull up a little map real fast. And now, because I, I wonder, oh. 
yeah, where I was really surprised by the by the fucking heat. Well, I know Europe's been like getting hammered over the last few years with heat. Uh, Dude, I, I came off the slope where it had been like 40 degrees and I go, I was home for a day or, you know, Nashville area for a day. And then we go to Germany and it's 88 degrees in downtown Berlin. And I was not prepared for that. <laughs> Why I won't you had to show go, me the like, lines of buy some clothing? Come on, map. Why won't you show me that? I thought they were supposed to. I'll do it a different way. Um, okay, so you land in Berlin. How many days did you spend in Berlin? Two. Two days? Not in... enough. Of, well, yeah, of course, not enough. Um, good food? Enough. Did you enjoy the food? <laughs> uh, you, you posted some brunch mm-hmm. pictures that looked pretty fucking rocking. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, the food, man, the food. So even though... If you're eating like a high carb, uh, a lot of starch diet, which basically meat and potatoes is is a really common thing, you know, a lot of a lot of meat, a lot of potatoes, but the quality of the ingredients is so high. Everything's just kind of on a different level from what we're accustomed to. At least insofar as the Alaska food experience goes, <laughs> there is no comparison. Super cool. Um, but we had, you know, we had enough time to go check out the Berlin Wall and like Checkpoint Charlie and all the big landmarks in Berlin. And it was so cool to like get to actually stand there. On like old buildings. What's left of them? Well, yeah, well, yeah a lot of it was, <laughs> I know a lot of it was flattened, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, you go visit the Reichstag in downtown Berlin where so, where so much history was made and you know that's it's real it's in your face and you can see it and you can touch it that was so cool to me um later on in the trip towards the end we did a we we took a a, a guided tour it was like 2 hours long of uh the it was called the, I think the third reich tour in munich and so this dude <laughs> escorts you along this path and you get to go like, here's the beer hall that Hitler famously jumped up on the table and gave a speech rousing all these people and started building momentum for the, the national socialist party. So Germany, <laughs> Germany spans from about 48 Southern Germany is about 48 degrees north latitude up to the very top by like, you know, above Hamburg and stuff was like, is like 55 degrees north latitude. So for reference to the U.S., uh, 55 degrees north latitude is um, like Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Canada, Alberta, Canada. And then 48 degrees latitude is like the middle of North Dakota. So, oh, hell. So, Germany is from the very top of the US to like the middle of Canada, geographically wow. on the other side of the globe from us. I did not know that. Yeah. So, you were basically in Europe's Canada. <laughs> basically, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the further south you go, or like the closer you get to the Alps. Right. And then the topography changes altogether. Crazy. Like, yeah. Central. Did you go see uh, the Alps? Did you go down to Southern Germany and see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we got all up in Bavaria, the state of Bavaria. Really? Yeah. Uh, we were, so that like the one day that we had that we were in Berchtesgaden, where the famous you know, Eagle's Nest is, yes. Hitler's Eagle's yep. Nest. And the, that's the place that like everybody wants to go. Well, you can only get there by bus. And unfortunately, we couldn't get there that day because all the buses were sold out. But what we did get to do was like we just walked around the town of Berchtesgaden, which uh fuck, it looks looks like kind of looks like Girdwood. Oh. You know, where it's yeah. where it's perched up in the mountains and you're not by any means at the highest point, it still goes up in every direction. And everything's uphill, like you walk uphill to get to a place, and then somehow you're still walking uphill to go away from the place. <laughs> like it's uphill in every direction. I don't know. It was hot. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I was just being a bitch. <laughs> I don't know, but it was super cool. Uh, that we were introduced to Shandies, uh, uh, not yeah. being drinkers, my wife and I. We had no idea what those were until we were in Germany. And they're like, yeah, it's half beer, half lemonade, asshole. How do you not know what this is? I don't know. Kayla enjoyed all three of the ones she had in one meal. Yep. I was like, good for you, mama. Yeah. Get some shandy in that life. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah, dude, it was great. So we landed in Berlin. We went there. We were there for two days, saw a bunch of cool stuff. We went to, from there, we went to uh, Heidelberg, which is famous for its big castle up on the hill. Yep. Yep. Heidelberg Castle. If if, if nobody even knows, has heard of that, you pictures are stunning i mean i imagine it's amazing in person but it is as a matter of fact i'm just so fucking proud i'm like yeah i know it is because i saw it uh i know this what was did you did you take a proper tour of the castle or just like outside (laughs) outside viewing just just seeing it from the outside so i mean you can walk you can walk the grounds yeah and the grounds are totally free and open. Like, they just go nuts, man. Go right ahead. Uh, and you can see pretty much everything on the exterior. When was, um, do, you, do you remember info about it? Like, when it was built and shit like that? The time frames of... No. no? I don't. Um, it's old as hell, though. So, <laughs> there's another famous attraction inside. Uh, it's the, like a huge wine barrel. Okay? It's eight euros to get in. And it's... I don't know know how to describe it. It's like a wine barrel the size of a room. So we're there. We're at the entrance point. We've diverged onto it. I have euros in my pocket. I'm like, all right, let's go. Kayla's like, nah, I don't really want to go. She's like, (laughs) eight bucks to get in. I'm not paying eight dollars to go in there. To just see a big old wine barrel. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyways. The, the, the biggest wine barrel I joke about. Oh, she's just so cheap. <laughs> like, she just, you can't, the frugality, you can't get money out of the clutches of her hands, man. Frugality wins again, man. I get it. I get it. Totally. Uh, dude, Heidelberg, Germany, though, is fucking insane. Uh, you have the castle up on the hill. Yeah. And you have these just incredible views. And if you're not at the castle and you're up on the hill, then you're in this like Bavarian style architecture house. 
with a cobblestone street. Where, where were you staying in Airbnbs, hotels? Okay. Where, where were you staying? Where, 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 where were you staying? What was the digs? Hotels? Hotels. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, it kind of worked out to be a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know, by the by the time you have like your Airbnb day rates and then yeah. your cleaning fees, taxes, everything sure. else, like it started getting super expensive. And you go, or we could just stay in a hotel for like 70 bucks a night. Oh, because wow. we weren't doing any, we weren't doing anything fancy. Like we're there to not be in the hotel room, you know? Okay. So, so um, were they like, were they like, cause I know, you know, I've, I've, I, I like going and staying in like weird cheap hotels when mm-hmm. I, when I go to other cities and stuff like, like I don't want a motel six. I want something weird. And like, yeah. and so were they like, were they like cool hotels? Like, no, <laughs> no. I mean like, like in the way that they're like, like kind of rustic and weird and charming, but not like extravagant. Yes. That that's all accurate and no AC in any of, the, of course those, not. these first ones, of course, but not. like, but like, we- but like weird old doorknobs and like, like mm-hmm. like faucets are funky. The room shapes are weird because they're old and like like that's what I mean. Like funky stuff. Yeah. Quirky. Quirky. Idiosyncratic. Crazy wallpaper. Yeah. Dude, we were in this we had this one hotel room with a, a standing corner shower, right? And I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, okay. It has two walls. It has a third wall of glass, and it has a fourth wall of glass but they don't touch and the door is on one of the glass walls. And I'm like, this is just weird. So <laughs> there was, there was a 90 degree shape. You had to like fold out to make the corner. <laughs> yeah. It, it was yeah, super weird shit like that. Yeah. And then like, Oh, a, a little, it. a little bit of like some, some uh, extra energetic showering and water's getting outside of this thing. <laughs> oh Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. And it was tiny. It was like 30, maybe 32 inches by 32 inches. What's German water pressure like? Solid. Good. Decent water pressure. Hard water, soft water. Everywhere we went had soft water and it was all city waters. Oh, cool. That was cool. Did it taste good? Did Uh, you drink from the tap? Did you drink some faucet juice and, and see what it not? So, uh, in Mexico taught me better than that. Well, yeah, (laughs) I was worried. I, you know, I, I, What's what's European water taste like? Tap water. I don't know. Huh. I'm sure it'd be fine. I just had way too like. Well, I guess not way too many, but way too many long days after Mexico. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, PSA for everybody out there: Don't drink Mexican tap water. <laughs> Make sure that bottle is sealed, my friend. Yeah. You're the one that breaks it. Yep. Now there were some interesting things though. If you look back in the last 10 years, uh, you know, Europe took in millions of refugees Mm -hmm. and they were displaced to certain locations. Heidelberg is one of them. So when we got off the train at the Hauptbahnhof, which is their main central train station for each town, right? Yeah. When we got there, uh, we get to like a rundown train station. Okay, nothing special, whatever. And we've got to walk seven or eight blocks. Okay, whatever. And we're walking past what we would call um, uh, like low-income housing. 
right? All these apartment buildings. Yeah. We're walking past there to get to the more desirable historic districts of the city. And you just kind of see like it was not at all what you'd think of when you think of Germany being like all white, you know, uh, all exclusively one race. Like, fuck, no, that has turned into a huge melting pot of people from all over the world. Wow. Uh, it's pretty cool. And we encountered that in, in many places. And Salzburg, Austria was another one that I just didn't expect Austrians to be that accepting, I guess, by, pardon my ignorance, uh, of of incorporating <laughs> yeah uh, incorporating the polar opposite culture but there were there were a lot of people uh, of every creed color and denomination you can think of uh, taking the bus with us through salzburg austria wow so that was kind of a surprise did you find let, let, let's ask this because this is really what i'm um what was the kind of did you have a lot of time interacting with locals i mean were you were, were you getting in converse like can, trying to converse was there anything language barrier did you find people wanting to practice their english on you uh they don't need to practice like every single person i talked to in germany went if we gave them any inkling of like confusion about them speaking german to us then they're like oh english <laughs> like in perfect english no accent yeah they're says, just they're raised with it and it's it says something about dude. their education system for sure mm-hmm. compared to ours over Minimum here two languages. yeah yeah most, probably three or people, probably three or four totally yeah. most yeah. people that i spoke to uh, were uh, at least three to four languages and they're like oh well you know yeah but i study another one actually there was one woman who didn't speak english that i interacted with at a shoe store <laughs> and she was the only one what was there what was I, like the overall like like how did you feel like the overall acceptance was um generosity things like that like did you were they a lot of times cult uh you know memes and things and and internet lore will lead you to kind of hear that uh germans are an efficient cold people did you find that was a case or sufficient not cold definitely not not cold though no a lot of people were like you know they're doing their thing and they'll they'll spare some time for an interaction with you and then yeah there there were everybody was pleasant okay insofar as they needed to be there was one like one particular case we were walking is in heidelberg and uh my my wife and i had taken note of young european women's fashion because we started seeing a lot of the same trends. And one of the things that a lot of the young ladies these days are doing is like this super tight gelled ponytail into a bun. And then like, they're just dressed to the nines going to get bread. Mm. <laughs> Nobody's wearing fucking sweatpants unless they're American. Right. Like we could pick out other Americans from a mile away. Uh, so Kayla is walking where we're, we are walking by this one particular any any young nice lady in this case one particular and she said something like hey i love your outfit and this girl went from like i'm in my zone doing my thing not worried about anybody to turning around and having a whole ass conversation with us and like asking where we're from asking where we're staying where we've been uh, if we have anything that we want to do and here's recommendations and where to do it 
Super nice. Awesome. Didn't expect any of that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, man. Because so, like sometimes you get the waiter who's like, I don't give a fuck. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In everywhere I've ever traveled, I always like I always try to go out of my way to have some interaction as many as I can with mm-hmm. locals, with people who aren't like they're trying to make a buck off the American tourists. You know, I want I want to talk to the fucking the 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 locals, man. The the me's of that place. You know, let's let's, yeah. let's figure out what we have in common. Let's. Yeah, man, that's so cool. Okay, so after Heidelberg, you went uh, and then you went to Salzburg too. Is that you said? Yeah. How was that? Yep. What did you see? Cool. So there? we went from Heidelberg to Nuremberg. Oh, you did go to Nuremberg. We did go to Nuremberg, oh. which, uh, oh, dude, freaking Old Town Nuremberg is nuts. Uh, there's, <laughs> I want to say that I want to say the castle that's there still today was built in the 1300s, <sighs> and and maybe that's predating it a little bit. If it is, it's not by much, right? So that courtyard below the castle is still a, a, at elevation. It's not a castle elevation, but it's still above the rest of the city. And there's a famous courtyard there that is still standing with buildings from the 1600s. Originals. Wow. Still fucking there. And you can just go walk around like, okay, here's, an, oh, what? Well, but Jake, what's that mean? Well, Aaron, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I did. We walked from our hotel three blocks uphill. Up, up cobblestone, because this is all all cobblestone. European hand laid streets, hand laid streets. Yeah, one fucking stone at a time. Yep. And we go to this old building at the. They call it the courtyard. So you go to the courtyard. There's this little old building. I had to duck to get through it, and I'm six foot one, not especially tall, but I had to duck to get into this entryway, and we go into this coffee shop. <laughs> that it is now there's an ipad on the wall and they're uh oh fuck what were they playing i want to say it was sublime <sighs> and i'm like this is the weirdest dichotomy of things that i could have put together <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm in an ancient german city listening to sublime talking to a barista who's making me italian coffee such is life. It's a small world, right? And we had a bunch of like those experiences that were wow. super cool. Yeah, I, that 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 is like that is the kind of thing I was super interested about. Like you're in this incredible historical thing, but people are selling you, mm-hmm. you know, lattes and and uh, donuts and totally. cappuccinos, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, okay, what I was how was right? the fucking coffee? That's a great thing. Do you notice a difference? No. <laughs> really? No, I'm that... not. I'm not nearly a coffee snob enough to to be like educated enough on the subject to where I would notice a difference. Mm. No, I drink oil filled coffee and pour a bunch of creamer into it. It Fol- can be one. It can, can be the it's other. Canners or Folgers original with coffee mate creamer, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 My yep. wife, on the other hand. <sighs> Not so much. But speaking of talking to the locals, 
we went down from the courtyard back down the hill. So between the courtyard and our hotel, about a block. And I found this because I was on the search for a, a, a German made Stein, right? I wanted my own to bring back. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we find this cool, like a, you could almost call it an antique shop. And there was just one old boy in the back corner sitting behind his computer. And we're in this shop full of like dioramas and old German history, historical artifacts and like all kinds of just random stuff. And we had, we had our conversation with him was probably 35 minutes long. Super cool guy named Anno. And what I found interesting about his story, because I asked him when he was born and I want to say he told me 57. So long after the war, long after Berlin's division. And yep. now we're in a Germany's division as a country, right? Yep. So he was born in East Germany. Okay. And I'm like, Otto, tell me what it was like to grow up in East Germany. Like, cause they're just, I'd never met anybody. I'd never right. heard any of these stories firsthand. And like, here's an old German that's willing to talk. <laughs> How much time do you have, dude? <laughs> And uh, yeah, he just rattled rattled off all kinds of stuff for about thirty five minutes. Really? Like what? Give give us some yeah. fucking highlights that stuck with you. What were things that he said that like made that stuck with you about that? Uh, so, I I kind of asked him like, what were the what were the, what was the good parts about East Germany and, and growing up in communism? And he's like, well, <laughs> you know, there were good parts. Uh, one of the things that he alluded to, and it's kind of random, but he said, you know, if I, when I was a kid, if I wanted to go fishing, I went to the lake and I would go fishing. He said, when we became a unified Germany again, we were, there was so much government that we just, we weren't free anymore is what he said. I had to get permission to go fishing. I had to get permission to do all these things that we were just allowed to do in East Germany. And I'm like, that's a really interesting take because I, I didn't see that answer coming from him. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I didn't know what to expect. Did, did, did you, did you at like, I wonder like it had, did he talk about, you know, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, like it's not supposed to be diminutive in any way, but like growing up, like the, the, poor um uh social stand like social economic abil availability like yeah okay so you could go fishing when you wanted but like what right. what were you eating for dinner every night like what was did he talk about any of that no no not really interesting he didn't he didn't mention any of it interesting um i'm trying to remember what he because he was college educated I don't remember how that worked out. He was an engineer. Makes sense. Worked in, a, in a electronics engineering, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As his English was his English was probably I would give him like an eighty percent. So it was really, really good. But there were issues with it. <laughs> and my hearing sucks, uh, and I, I and well, I find myself having a really hard time just deciphering, um, especially if, if 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 the language the other person is speaking is broken. Yeah. Then. My hearing is is has gotten so bad that I have a really hard time just figuring out what the fuck you're trying to say, mm -hmm. <laughs> or getting nuances in a conversation. Uh sounds good. A lot of I give a lot of thumbs up these days. Yeah, the, the a good, lot of smiling and nodding. The good old hand gesture 
for uh <laughs> for the the like the hey my brain wasn't able to fully comprehend anything that you just said to me but if you my hand sells it then i heard you <laughs> okay cool yeah oh all right cool, yeah, that's good cool. that's good um yeah so uh yeah we toured a uh we had a cool conversation with him and like talked about east germany and then west germany integration and uh then we went and checked out the, did you, did you the go actual see, castle grounds did uh, sorry um did you get to see uh any remnants of the wall left in berlin in berlin oh yeah oh you did go to the oh, wall yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a picture of me uh, touching two pieces of the wall. So one, one piece in each hand, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in in that particular district of Berlin, uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but um, they have there are several pieces that are still uh, several panels that are still intact, concrete panels, and they've displayed them throughout the city, kind of as like statues. They they make no bones about the fact like they did some shit that they aren't they super all, proud yeah, of. Yeah, and, they all kind of regret. Yeah. Don't want to do yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they put it out in your face so that you don't forget it. And yeah. I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that's um. I've I've heard that talked about as like no no we we make sure everybody remembers what we never want to have happen here again. Like we mm -hmm. we fucking we make sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Yeah, no one, no one ought ever forget that. Um, and the fact that, you know, some people in our fucking country say it never even happened. <laughs> I I remember thinking like, that's no way, <laughs> no. Way. And then I met one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I met I've, one. I've met like, one the too. Holocaust didn't happen. No way, dude. And I'm like, uh, I feel like I've spent an inordinate amount of time studying the subject to have somebody argue it with me that it never happened. Yeah. It's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. That means every single piece of documentation from every side from, from, from 50 countries documenting this thing happening and they all lied. Like I not, just not just that. not one country, 50 countries, people like, I'm thinking that's a no, dog. <laughs> wild, wild, man. Okay, so you did go. To the, so you got to go to the castle. Sorry, I cut you off about asking about the wall. Um, yeah, it's all good, man. I'm looking at. She's looking through these pictures here. They're pretty funny. Um, we went to. We also went to the site of what was going to be the new Colosseum of the world. Okay. Wait, what? That's what I said. I'm like, hang on. What now? Oh, yeah. Well, Hitler's ass had this plan where he was going to build a Colosseum to dwarf the Roman Colosseum because as anybody who studies Hitler knows, dude had an affinity for architecture and, and creating things that were grand and more grand than anybody else had ever done. So his grand scheme was he was going to build this fucking Colosseum. And they started to. And they never finished it, but it's still there today, and it is cool as hell. How big is it? Well, okay, so how, uh, how complete is it? Is it, do you like have like the base perimeter circle? Like how, how? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Let me see. So, according to uh, this is a picture of an info board that I took. 
A self-supporting roof construction was to span the main hall at a height of approximately 70 meters. So it was going to be 70 meters tall, right? Whoa. The monumental building would have provided space for over 50,000 people and would thus have been almost twice as big as the Colosseum in Rome. So the unfinished shell that they worked on from 1937 to 39 was put up to a height of 39 meters. Construction work was abandoned in World War II. So basically, Hitler was trying to build like Lambeau Field. Yeah. Yeah. A football stadium. <laughs> but then. Dude, it's cool as hell, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, in cause, the 40s. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess in the 30s. In the 30s, yeah. Because that would have had to be. I mean, that's that's about the size of them, capacity-wise, everything. I mean, 70 meters tall. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. It is cool as hell, though. Wow. That's it's, so it's all wild. Stone. All stone oh, yeah. hand labored. So, that's the craziest thing. Is he's like, not only do I want to build this thing, but it's going to be built again by hand, like a dick. Do you know where they quarried yeah, the rock the, from? I don't. They, there wasn't anything that talked about Interesting. it. Interesting. So I am not sure. It's super cool, though. Was it large brick construction or small brick construction? large oh oh so they were they were like big big stone, big stone. cool yeah of course it was yeah it was, it was just big and bold and grandiose you know everything you would expect the german f- architecture from that period to be yeah 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 and then fucking see any good gargoyles there, hmm? see any good gargoyles i'm sure that i did in munich yeah I'm sure I wasn't really paying attention. Looking for him. him. Sorry, Aaron. It's okay. I just <laughs> didn't know how big you were into the Gothic architecture of the time. So that's dude. There's like it's not that I'm not, but there's so much to take in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That eventually you've got it. You've got to start prioritizing. <laughs> you know where you're at, what you want to see, and what's there. It's like there's so goddamn much to see, especially and for the much short... every setting. We were there for two days. Right, right. That's and yeah. That's Munich the was the part. exception. We spent three in Munich. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. What, what was your favorite city? Damn, it's difficult because they're all for different reasons. Sure. Lay it on me. Uh, Give me some reasons why each one stuck out to you. That could be a cool game, too. Yeah. Um, Berlin was the most modern, which is cool. Um, any, all the subways smell like piss, which is weird. All the train stations. <laughs> no, that's normal. <laughs> the, the overwhelming reek of piss. Yeah, that's normal, well, man. That's news to us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Heidelberg was just amazing. Uh, the river view, the castle view, all that stuff was it was just kind of everything that it was chalk, chalked up to be, in my opinion. Nuremberg had so much history and architecture that was nuts. From there, we went to Salzburg. And we hit Austria there for a day, about a day and a half, realistically. And Salzburg, Austria, the home of Mozart, right? Yep. Another another just fucking beautiful place on planet Earth. Nestled in between mountains and uh, 
a beautiful river. Did you catch? <laughs> oh, okay. No, keep keep going. And I, I just thought of a great question. Go. Sure. Um, and, and like, dude, they built they built buildings into the head of the mountains. Like, yeah. take a flat stone face, carve a fucking building into it. Why? Because they can. Yeah. And because they did. So instead of building like we do, there's some shit like that. Anyways, what did was your question? You, did you go inside those? The the mountain houses? Mountain house? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just out of the, the camping food. Exactly. The, the MREs, man. Mountain house no. is good food. I always mountain mountain house no. mountain house spaghetti was pretty fucking rad. The bomb.com. I mean for you know pouring some boiling water in a bag and letting it come back to fucking hydration. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucking good. Sprinkle a little yeah. fucking powdered parmesan cheese and some black pepper. <laughs> Here you go. Ah. Especially if you're, you know, on the side of a fucking mountain on a sh- fucking doing something it's yeah it's good 10 4 <laughs> um okay here's off the, did you did you catch did you get to experience or catch any good music while you were there any live music nope no there were no street performers no buskers no one fucking bounding on drums on the street playing their guitar saxophones in a subway like no busking no, no music I'm sure there was. I was not paying attention. I was not paying attention to any of those guys at all. <laughs> wild, wild. I, I for know. sure thought you would have gone and sought out some sort of music while you were there. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. I was in a weird headspace over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, well just, you said you um, said I didn't in- want to be me. In our, you know, I wanted, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sponge. I don't want to, I don't want to be me. That was that's not why I'm here. That's what I was gonna say. Is is in in the part of our conversation that got that that you didn't get recorded in. You said something very interesting. Was I I put myself in a mindset to go there as not as as someone who doesn't know what I know, or you said something like along that line. Like you wanted to, yeah, just not be you. So did that come sure. then? Okay, so we talked about this earlier. You're uh, doing the patches thing uh, and and like yeah. kick, kicking the nicotine while you're in Germany. Yeah. Was was getting over that also part of like you reaffirming that I didn't want to be me on this trip? Probably subconsciously. Yeah, yeah, probably. I I didn't I didn't want to bring myself over there and like who did you <laughs> okay to, who wanted, did like, you wonderlust yeah so so you don't think I that you sorry are you then drawing a distinction between the you that that exists here mm-hmm. and then the the you that is capable of wanderlust are those are you differentiating that I think I did. Ah. Okay, then if you did, then that makes me wonder, then now do you recognize that it was just you all along? You didn't have to do like some <laughs> distinction between a you that couldn't experience that and the, and then the the not you that could go was actually just you all along? 
Mm. Well, I mean, it's always me. Okay. Okay. But... What were you, what specifically then did you, what baggage did you go? If I bring this along, it will, uh, it will like allow for a less good time. I tried to leave all of my American isms as, as insofar mm. as I recognized them and could leave them. I tried to check them at the door. Like what? Give it, give it an, a, a, an example of an ism. <laughs> one, one thing we like, one thing that I noticed because I was trying not, I was trying so hard not to do it was to be that, that guy who's sitting in an, like an open cafe eating lunch with a bunch of Germans and is just being loud. Ah, uh, that's a thing that we do. They're like, not our loud. volume so fucking sky high. And no, hell no. They're talking in low tones politely to each other unless <laughs> unless something is going on and they're pissed. Yeah. And they're just like constantly like, man, there's another group of Americans over there. And we just stick out like sore thumbs. And it's things like that that I wanted to leave. And so you you noticed then sitting there in an open air cafe, the mm -hmm. the the people of Germany noticing other Americans loud obnoxious groups of americans and you did not want to yes. be that class you did not want to be associated with that right yeah good one that's and like, i can guarantee you it was it was little things like that that threw all those germans off my scent mm. it's why they initiated all these conversations to me in german because <laughs> because i was i was going out of my way not to look like i came from middle america sure so now let me ask you did you did you bring that back home with you? Are you now recognizing the boisterousness that is society here? And you're like, no, I, I, I like the other way better now. I'm going to keep being not loud again. Or, or do, do you think you fell back in? Nah, I pretty much fell back in. I, just to keep keeping commensurate volume with everybody around, you know, it's like you have to yell to be heard. Oh, God, isn't it terrible? That's an American thing. Yeah, dude, it is. I hate to break it to you if you're just discovering this today, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> I hate to be the one that has to tell you. Yeah, but if, it's real. If you've been in an airport in America and on the oh phone and on the phone with somebody, mm -hmm. this is funny. You just made me realize this. If you've been in the airport on the phone with somebody, talking to them, so that you can overcome the noise of the airport and then you notice somebody next to you or in a couple aisles down or wherever also on their phone and they're louder than you are. That means you're already too loud because you're having to be on the phone in an airport talking louder than the airport already. That's loud. And then you notice somebody else louder than you and you go, God, look at that obnoxious person on their phone yelling like that in an airport. Hey, buddy, <laughs> how loud were you just talking on your, you know? They're trying to be louder than you. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird, right? <laughs> um, so towards the end of our journey, like I said, we spent three days in Munich. One of those days, going back to the Holocaust theme. Yes. Uh, so there's a little place you may have heard of called Dachau. 
Yes. That is northwest of Munich. And by train, it's like, I don't know, 45 minutes maybe. And you can go walk through a concentration camp. Still there today. Did you? Oh, fuck yeah, we did. did. Good, 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 (laughs) good. Oh, yeah. That's part of, for, for me, that's part of seeking and understanding. Okay, I want to know why. Like, I grew up as a big history nerd and watching all the videos and stuff, and I've always had a concept of it. It's different when you're standing there. Mm. It just is. It, as the kids say, it hits different. So that's when I asked, what profound things did you kind of experience and about you? And I think that standing in a in a concentration camp probably allows for a bit of understanding and authenticness, right? Sure. There was a, there were definitely plenty of moments where you're, you're witnessing the remnants of man's inhumanity to man. Yeah. Is it, is it true? Is it true to what they describe as, like there is just an undeniable like heaviness in the air. Like it's almost like a visceral people will say that you go and it's just, it just feels like in your bones different. Is that true? I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying to use soft language because I don't want to describe into what you experienced, but I, I just hear this, you know, described from people who visit. So that's true. I think there. I think if you don't feel that way, you didn't. You didn't get it. You didn't pay attention. Or you you missed, you missed the reasons mm. why you're there. Yeah. So we there's there's tour guides and there's all the electronic stuff and like you can get a, a guided tour and all that. And like we didn't want to do that. We wanted to go there basically spend the whole day, which we did, and just take our time and go see everything. And I'm glad, I'm kind of glad we did it that way. There's so much information that's available. They have like one aspect of it, like the main house, if you will, where the, where all the worked, <laughs> let's call it yeah. worked, uh, is, a, is a functioning museum. So you get all kinds of information from there and you can see what you're looking at, where everything's at, kind of go check it out. There's info boards everywhere. Um, and if that doesn't give you a sense of heaviness, I don't know what. Did you get emotional? I, mean, def- um, I did not know. No, it's not really my style. Yeah, you should work on that, I dude. <laughs> because because yeah, for me. Been a brick wall for a long time. Right. Because for me, I mean, goddamn commercials make me cry, dude. Like, I, mm. I, I allow myself to. I allow myself to just raw, raw feel an emotion, cry at shit, cry at a somebody, you know, having the losing dish on MasterChef or like, like all types of stuff. <laughs> like, like I, I allow myself to feel those emotions. And so I couldn't imagine me not going there and just crying at the, yeah. the, 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 so I, yeah, I was just wondering how, how it affected you emotionally. That's a perfectly reasonable thing to do in a place like that it's perfectly reasonable um, one of the interesting things about Dachau is that it 
it's it's first off it's the first concentration camp yep. ever designed by the nazis right so it's kind of the the mold for everything that was to come and initially it was political opponents it was people that were in the way of business <laughs> uh, so people that were dipping into your pocketbook right you could you could pay the right person and ship them off to Dachau and just live in the work camp until they died. Um, it was designed for like 20,000 people. And uh, at the end, there was close to, I think, 60 there. So living conditions were absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Uh, and it turned into a place where Jews were being incarcerated. So Dachau is a little bit different than the others. It wasn't necessarily at the onset this is where we're going to put our Jewish refugees or, you know, again, trying not to right. be insensitive with language, but um, it, it didn't have quite such a nefarious. Yeah, but, but they, it. but it damn sure ended up that way. Well, right. I mean, you, all you have to do is look at the amount of people exterminated in that, in the walls of that camp mm -hmm. to understand that it, there is no, there's no amount of intent on the onset that can even get close to forgiving the 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 end you know yep it 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 just can't um yeah man that's heavy, man. i'm 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 really it's real heavy like, like that is i am glad that you got to go and and see it that's it's always been something that i wanted to, i i want to and and will do as well you know when time and shit allows is yeah yeah getting great, to man. getting to like face to face like you said realization of just the inhumanity against humanity and like it picture books just i i know that they don't do it justice videos do not do it justice how could they right Right, you know, it's the best, best that we have. Yeah, um, it, it's wild to think there. There's a part of of Dachau where you walk through, and it's there's a famous wrought iron gate, mm. and it says in German, "Work will set you free." <sighs> <laughs> what the <sighs> fuck, man? So that gate was torn out. The one that's there today is a replica. The one that was torn out has been recovered and is inside the museum really dude it's fucking nuts though walk through that threshold so as you walk through that gate if you turn around 180 degrees and look back where you came from there is it's where the rail cars stopped yeah bringing people right um so it's the end of the line and now you get off the train disembark the car walk into the prison camp and you're in there presumably till you die yes it's fucking nuts, dude. And I walked through it with my wife. So there's like another part of the of uh, of the camp where you get to see <clears throat> the barracks were reconstructed in the early '60s because they were all leveled. Yeah. Um. All the foundations are still there. <laughs> so imagine eighty, I think, or so eighty or so double wide trailer cement foundations that are still there. Um. They rebuilt, I think, two of them. Right. It was either two or four. So either a set or two sets of barracks buildings. Um, you can walk up and see where the defenses around the perimeter are still intact. 
So these concrete, um, uh, they're like an aqueduct almost where you would go down into those and then up into the barbed wire fencing and the layers of, of defenses that were in place to keep you there. Yeah, to keep you in. Yeah, not people out to keep you in. Yeah. Still there. Right. You can go touch it. It's a tactile, real experience, dude. It's fucking crazy. There's a there's a great for anybody for any of the Jewish listeners out there. There is an there's an incredible experience uh, in the back of the camp. Um, it's hard to describe, but essentially you walk down a ramp, and <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, man. Like the temple in Indiana Jones, maybe in the first one where he goes underground with the snakes and you're kind of looking up yeah, uh, into big menorah. And it's, it, it's dude, a star of David is up there and it's just a, it's just a Jewish monument that was pretty fucking heavy. And was that, was that constructed after the closing and after the end of the war? And that was all put in after the fact. It, Good. There's a, there's some symbolism behind it that I've since forgotten, but yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was heavy. And that's just kind of the overarching theme of every, every step you take, like every new development is like, ah, oh, fuck is another heavy layer, like a heavy blanket laid over your chest. Yeah. And, and trying to, for me, it's always about trying to imagine being there. Yes. Um, yes. In in those circumstances, I don't imagine myself being there. I imagine the person, me being inside someone else who's living that moment. Well, it's, it's, that's ex- how I make it it's exactly me. what we had said in the, the, uh, the lost chapter of this episode <laughs> is, uh, that is the performance yeah. of John Rawls veil of ignorance, man. You're putting yourself in a situation where you don't know who you could be in that situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to imagine that from the possibility of you could have been anyone in there at any point in time. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is the super. It was a great experience. Kind of (laughs) like, it's kind of like skydiving. I'm glad (laughs) I did it. I don't really need to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad we did that. Right. Right. That's a good one. Uh, And so actually by, by kind of, happy accident i guess if you're in munich and you search the train routes to dachau it'll take you (laughs) it won't take you to the concentration camp i goddamn sure tell you that where it will take you is the memorial of the mass grave outside the town so you get off the train, you're like in the city. Well, this well, it's not even a city, it's town square. Right. Where the, the train drops you off at the end of the line there. And then we walked for probably 20 or so minutes, and it's like pulling over um into a into a small state park. Like you're walking, we were walking by dudes that were working, we were walking by towns and uh, rather apartment buildings and homes and gas stations. And then these guys that were working and we're kind of like getting off the beaten path a little ways. And I'm going, where the fuck are we going? We're following the directions that the phone is giving us and we're out in the woods. (laughs) I'm like, huh, this is weird. 
long story short, there's an Italian. Um, it's it's a memorial to the Italians that were killed in Dachau. And the government of Italy constructed this memorial way out there, um, probably 20 minutes off the road, 20 minutes away from the parking lot. You're just kind of hiking through the woods. But, dude, you want to talk about a, another weird dichotomy in one of the most pristine places I've ever seen, uh, rolling hills, beautiful tree lines, <laughs> great blue skies, 85 degrees and sunny. Yeah. In a fucking field is a memorial to thousands of people that were killed in that one spot. Fucking nuts, dude. There's just, there were rows. There was like, uh, almost like an RV park where you have your slot. Okay. But those slots were 60 feet long and they had numbers and names attached all the way down these slots. So there's rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of names of people that were killed and you're there looking at them. It's heavy dog. That is just, it makes me reflect on a couple things. Um, yeah. It makes me reflect on not only just like imme- the immediacy of standing there on that, but then reflecting on <laughs> every conquest and how many weren't marked how many weren't accounted for and labeled and put in memorandum to 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 survive on as it as the name through time like how many are are just lost and we'll never know (laughs) that's like that's what it makes me reflect on more man like like I'm like it, it, it just it it's it can't be the exhaustive list, you know. Oh no, there, there's no way. Right. There's just no way to know. Yeah. So if you look at in the early years of the war, if you look at the Einsatzgruppen, right, the uh, the death squads, the guys who were who were tasked with going to villages and rounding up Jews, and then murdering them. And then you figure, you start doing the math and you go, the reason that things escalated is because they weren't able to get the numbers they desired quickly enough. Right. What? Exactly. <laughs> That's why the the ambulance with the hose that sucked the exhaust back into the back of the ambulance was like the first proto-mobile gas chamber. What? It's a true story. Oh, yeah. Uh, turned turned into fucking turned into the next iteration and the next iteration before you know it you've got Auschwitz yeah and Zyklon B dude it's nuts now on the opposite side of that coin on the well actually on the opposite side of (laughs) the death tolls in Berchtesgaden we by hook or by crook ended up in a cemetery which was cool. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was right in town. I think we were, I think the, the goal was to get close to this beautiful church that we had seen. And we ended up going kind of well into the cemetery. And on one wall, 
one whole wall of this German cemetery was nothing but soldiers. Soldaten. Um, and like there again, it's just a really weird thing to, to behold because you see the guys that were lost in the first world war. And as Dan Carlin from hardcore history, Love Dan my, my favorite podcast of all time, yeah. fucking ever. Dan's amazing. As he pointed out, the guys that fought the first world war had a leg to stand on. The guys that fought in the second world war history judges so harshly for their cause that they're just evil period. And, you know, and it's not the case at all. But the cause that they were fighting for ended up being so horrific and unjust. There's the common view is there is no other common view. But I can tell you, as you're walking through the cemetery that, that commemorates these guys in Berchtesgaden, in Germany, they they give a shit like deeply about the loss of their own. There, I, I wish I would have taken pictures of it, but it kind of seemed disrespectful. There are generational graves, dude. Wow. that are maintained yeah. like well <laughs> with fresh flowers today from 17 fucking 50. It was that type of graveyard. I mean, it was nuts. Like it's a cultural thing that there's so much pride in the preceding generations. Even if say the cause was whatever, the fact that the human that you came from is gone matters more than anything. Yeah. Uh that's, That's my perception. Well, well, and and I think that I think that on the surface, that's poetic and justified. And, and yeah, I mean, I'll be right, right? Absolutely, ab absolutely. Um, it there is a weird thing. This is something that I don't understand. And, and it could have been through my upbringing or whatever it is. Um, I don't understand like the, how do I put it without sounding just callous and uncaring? Um, like the, I guess the pride and reverence for the dead. Mm. Like in unless unless one is convinced that like oh no their soul is still alive or their soul their you know th their soul still exists and I'll be able to I'll, my soul will see their souls like unless that's that's part of your your worldview th then I get then yeah I mean you know, then magic's involved and, and you can, you can just, ex but, but f without, I, I just don't get like re revering, revering, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's, I'm trying to work through my actual thoughts on it as I'm saying it out loud. It's like, ah, it's 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 like I had a great grandpa. Never yeah. met him. He lived a life, spawned my grandparents or my grandpa or grandma or okay. who you know. And 
okay, so that my lineage is tied to this this life of this 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 human. Um, but to think that then that life ought be like revered and 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 celebrated uh, more than any other one from that time. Like, simply because I have a bloodline attached to the person, it it's mm-hmm. then ought carry more import than his next door neighbor. Right? Like, it, to me, it, it, it's weird to like, the, I guess what you're saying, the, the, the tradition of, of, you know, like uh generational graves and things like that and it it's just it's 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 weird it's a weird social dynamic that i don't get the the i don't get the the reason for like the the longing pride in that thing and maybe it's because my family name isn't that old maybe it's because i didn't grow up in the same house that my great-grandparents grew up like i don't have the tactile representation to that you know i i I just don't know it's weird i Hmm. don't know jake well damn it aaron (laughs) i i don't know i mean a a large emphasis was always placed on that in in our household, I'm not sh- sure we're on the opposite side. Well, but why? Of understanding, but, I guess. but why? Why is a fantastic question. Why was the emphasis place emphasis? there? Like, like of course. So, no. so I, I, I completely uh, 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 like accept that. You know, I don't want to use the word indoctrinate, but it's kind of like it. It kind of is. It's not a harm. Mm. I don't think it's harmful. Did you? <laughs> This is totally random. Did you see the movie Coco? The gorilla movie? No. Oh, no. Then I did not. The, the animated movie? No. I, you should watch that movie. And I'm curious what your take on the overarching theme is. Okay. It's a kid's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a movie that celebrates reverence for the dead in Mexican culture. Oh, the de- Dios de los Muertos. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I, I was like, well, I wonder what that movie did to you when you watched it. But if you haven't seen it, then never mind. Yeah, no. W- from having just an understanding of the Dios de los Muertos uh, rituals and kind of culture around that, from having quite a few Spanish friends here, uh, Latino friends, um, it is all tied in spiritualism. It's all tied in... Uh, uh you know um the mystical powers of spirits haunting you afterwards if they don't mm-hmm. celebrate these people they will be tormented by them i mean it's 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 uh I, to to me it, it it's it it doesn't actually mean anything unless spirits are real and they can torment you then it it has its purpose because then they are, but without it, it's the same as um, people using amethyst to change the energy in their chakras. What the? Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing there. Right. That's because there's nothing there. <laughs> I don't know what that means. 
what does it all mean about crystal healing powers you know it's it, it's it's like the same to to me it's it's the same thing and it and it's not a disre- disregarding or an admonishment of the meaning to the people who do it like mm-hmm. it's not that at all it's just exactly it's it's on the deeper more fundamental level of why right like ought it it, it Okay, it is, but ought it be? <laughs> and and that's the question there. Yeah. Like, ought yes, ought we do this? Mm. Mm. You know, yeah, it, it. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's one of those deep questions that it it probably. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what would make me think about it different. Hmm. I can't think of an instance that would that would change my thought on it. That's like you know, so it would take probably catastrophe or something like that to be the 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 uh, a possible tipping point in in my thoughts on it. I don't even know what my thoughts fully are on it. Hmm. It's worth a good ponder. Yeah, what are my thoughts on this issue? But <laughs> the, having the ability. Or the wherewithal to ask yourself, what are my thoughts on this issue? End quote. <laughs> yeah. It's like so unusual. It, it At is. At least in my circles, people don't people don't think that way. No. Like, I, no, no, this is my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And okay? and but you know why it's your opinion. Yeah. And and then yeah. quite often and, and a lot of the time it's it's an answer analogous to the kind you gave. Man, I I grew up like this, and this is what I was yeah. I was taught. And then when the next question inevitably is, okay, but why were you taught that? Like, what was the, what was the motivation for that to be something critical in, in a lesson that improves, you know, your well-being or your livelihood or your ability to, to, to like, where is, you know, where does it, where does, where does that road cross just, uh, um, ritual you know i don't know i think that's for all of us to decide on our own sure sure it, mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, yeah i think i think it is i think it is i just think it i you know it um it can turn oftentimes it can turn quite dogmatic and I think that I think it's in those instances where it then is truly unhealthy. Good old dogma. Um, okay, so you you had wrote me. I want to get to this. You had written me uh, after I did the episode with um, with Derek, and oh. uh, you had wrote me and you said we need to do another podcast soon. And I said, hell yeah. And you said, I've come to some really unusual conclusions in the last week. And I think it would be good to talk about on a podcast. Um, what is that? What was that about? That message? What, what were you in in that moment where something struck you and we needed to do this again? That was probably, I wish I could remember now. I have some ideas. I, I bet I can get pretty close to it. but It's probably relating to having some serious changes in my pathology 
and the way that I arrive at conclusions. Mm. And like we were just talking about, why is that my opinion? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll bet I'll bet that had a lot to do with it. Well, have you come to anything? I've, have you have you kind of have you found any uh, like like uh, patterns? that you find yourself like falling into for reasoning's sake that uh, are, are becoming apparent that you do those? That's a good, that's a good question. What I, what I find <clears throat> um, being, I'm not under, I'm not in the spotlight, but I'm kind of under a microscope at work. And okay. what I find is just like a never ending list of my own shortcomings. <laughs> you know, like things that things that I think that I should be doing better and I th- I feel like that list outweighs my own list of things that I do right all the time. I love this. Does that make sense? 100%. Um let me ask you this. What standard are you using to compare yourself to? my own <laughs> but, i don't know well but you can't compare yourself to yourself because you're analogous with yourself you will match up to yourself every time when we when we find ourselves mm. in positions where we go i feel like i'm underperforming or i ought be at a stronger th- capacity in this thing and i'm not mm. like, like we talked about earlier that reason is externally motivated it's not internal to you. If if you really, I mean, I would assume you actually have an external frame of reference that you are judging yourself against. Because if you are only judging yourself against yourself, then you just find out you are yourself. You're exactly how you are, and you can't not be that. So there's there's no there's no shortcomings. There's no, you know, if, if it's only truly internal, you, you can't have a shortcoming. You are what you are. You, you are exactly who you are, as good as you are. You, this is your skill level. So if, when you feel inferior in something, the, the work there is going, what am I judging myself against? What idea is external to me that I think I ought be like? And if you, I find when I do it, when I do it and I dig down, there's nothing there. I was sold an idea that something ought be like this. There's no person that I can find that is the model of this. There's no like list of, of there is, there's nothing concrete that actually exists external to me that I can point at any given time and say, this is like the thing that I ought model myself after. And I'm short to mm-hmm. that. Like it, you know, it most of the time it's it's a superfluous superfluous feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling, dude. But it's a horrible feeling. Right, right, right. And and the only thing to stop it from feeling horrible is, well, I guess it's twofold. One is the recognition that it's only a feeling. It's not reality. Right. So, so your feeling isn't representation of reality. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's all in your head. Well, yes. 
that doesn't mean it's not valid. You're feeling a way because of something. But once you recognize it's only a feeling, it's not an analog to reality. And you can't identify the, the frame of reference at which you judge yourself against. You are only left with, Ill, I'm being illogical. Now, we are illogical all the time. And it's hard to overcome that. But it is the point of identifying where you are, in fact, your reason is breaking down. Where you don't have, uh, uh, you know, the chain of events to lead there. Mm -hmm. You then you just have to admit, okay, I can't base a logical conclusion from this anymore. I can't, I can't. This isn't reliable as a method of me gaining understanding. It doesn't mean that you then have to find a new answer. You just have to. It's like we were talking about the cave and the candle in it. You just found a spot in the cave where the candle isn't. And you just remember the candle isn't fucking there anymore. Word. You know, and, and <laughs> like, dude, I, I deal with it all the time. My, mine isn't so much at work, but it's, it's, it's in, in music and in band when I'm playing with my band. I am constantly feel like I completely recognize how much better at their instruments that they are than I am at mine. Like it is an undeniable quality. You know, those musicians, Aaron, Aaron you, you know that I was in a band with your brother and Britain fucking Anderson, right? You know, I grew up <laughs> with my brother, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I fucking do Jake. And, um, God damn it. <laughs> and it's, it is the, the hardest amount of work I've done on myself in just not building my confidence, but dissuading myself from losing my confidence is. Ah, I think that's a very important disti distinction right there. Yeah. 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 It's most people think that if they're not building it, they're not in it. They're not existing in it. If you ask, if, if you were to ask yourself, how much of your life are you happy? You're going to remember probably a few like moments where, where you were hanging out with friends and you laughed gutturally and you just remember like trying to catch your breath and your cheeks hurting or or a, a really cool date with this external experience happening. And, and you, these things will pop into your head when you're trying to recount how much of your life you're happy, mm -hmm. not exuberant, not <clears throat> off the fucking moon, but happy because mm -hmm. we can, we can sit there and probably think, especially over the last week or two, every time we've been unhappy, Right. You could, you could think of this moment in traffic and then my kids did this or my dog did this or this thing broke because I was clumsy and I dropped my co favorite coffee mug. Or You can think of every single moment that you're unhappy over the last couple of weeks pretty, re pretty reliably and you end up coming up with like 10 or 20, 30, maybe 40 things that made you unhappy. Mm -hmm. Well, And only a couple that made you happy. Right. And the, 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 the lesson I, t I tell myself and reaffirm myself all the time is, man, 
every moment, every moment, but those 40 things in the last two weeks were happy. Every moment that totally. every moment that you don't have a memory for that isn't unhappiness is happiness. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. Every I, I completely agree. single one of them. So you do a count and you've only been, you've had thousands of moments over the last couple of weeks of your life, like thousands, tens of thousands of moments, and 40 of them were unhappy. Yeah. The, the odds are, are the odds are ever in your favor. Right. You, you're right. happy will always outweigh the unhappy. And so then I take that and I put it into existing in a band with people who are better than me. <laughs> and I have to remember that every for every moment that I felt a, a twinge of inadequacy, I played how many songs with them through that the rest of that one practice. How many other notes did I play where it wasn't a twinge of that? Where I was like, I nailed that fucking riff, right? <laughs> like, it's... Yep. And, and that's, that is like that I probably the single biggest change for me is just the recognition of like that subtle fact. It's, it's, it's the, it's counting the hits and ignoring the misses. Yes. If you're only looking for white Subarus, you're going to, you're going to see a shitload of white Subarus. Especially in Portland. Fucking A. But, but you (laughs) won't notice every other not white Subaru. True. Dude, it's this simple saying that that changed a lot of things for me is known as the secret. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of that bullshit. Yeah, it's total bullshit. But the line itself, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, was completely true for me at Mm -hmm. one point in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I heard it and I thought, how can I apply it? Right what can I turn this into? And it fucking exploded. And it was like, okay. It was not ready for the reaction that I got from myself. That's beautiful. Uh, and, but I did two things that year. That year was 2012. I decided to adopt the attitude of gratitude, mm. which sounds super cheesy, but it's totally true. In the mornings, I would tell myself today's going to be a good day instead of my inner monologue that defaulted to why the fuck am I awake? I don't want to be here. Mm. <laughs> you know? So instead of that, oh, I started yeah. my days by telling myself it's going to be a good day. And I decided that I was going to change the way that I looked at my environment. And instead of it being a hindrance to me daily, it was going to be the, the basically the breeding grounds for my success. And I'll be damned if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. If I, if I had to like put on my, uh, put on my like philosopher hat and re and, and, and rework, do a little rework on that, that, that's, that's saying, cause I do, I do, I do like it. Like, uh, if you change the way you look at things, the thing you look at will change. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I had to, if I had to rework it into like, I think, uh, I think I think uh, conveying the same message, but leaving out some like glaring uh, 
some some glaring um like it, it's just vague enough that anybody could put any belief into it and it work even bad ones oh yeah right so like a Chinese fortune cookie exactly so for me if I wanted to make it a little more succinct and and maybe valuable I would probably say something like um if you change the way you look at things um then you change the way you look at things <laughs> because the things won't change all that will change is how you look at them perfect that's you know, all i need right 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 and and it's funny how those 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 like self that they're called tautologies when the thing you're saying describes the thing you're saying but it's funny how often times those they're more poignant and less confusing than like the the thought of the things changing around you means that now you have influence on the things and we don't we Correct. like like we don't have we we can't change anything we we have humans are the biggest lie we were ever told is that we have control <laughs> it's the biggest lie humans were ever yeah. told man is that humans have control over things what a crock of shit that was so so studying stoic so <laughs> studying Denver is full of shit yeah studying ancient stoicism and modern stoicism um really led me to like the the gut the inarguable conclusion that full recognition of like do a mental checklist i i, I love this exercise and this is for everybody out there too yeah I've, I've said this before if you've been listening for a while um Try and think of the external world and how much control over any aspect of it you have. Define the external world. Anything outside of your body. Okay. So when the lights change, when the traffic lights change, uh, how many cars are going to be on the road? Um, what, what food, what, what, what beverages are going to be in the, the soda machine? Is Dr. Pepper out or not? Like, like uh, you can, you can think of anything, any mm. single thing. And you end up to the conclusion that there is not one thing X ex in the external world that we have control over. There isn't one. Oh, that makes me feel big. I like it. Okay, now now look inside. How much of your body do you have control over? Can 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 you do you have control over when your stomach digests food? No. Do you have control over how fast your heart pumps? Despite my best efforts, no. Right. Do you have control over um if your knees going to hurt when you wake up in the morning or not? No. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't have control over any of it. So we're, we're in, we're riding around in a body that we have no control over the processes of in a world we have no control over. And we're told that we do the only thing that we have control over. Some people would say, ah, my thoughts, I have control over my thoughts. No, you don't. Mm -hmm. If you've been mind, if, you, Avenue. if you've been, if you spent any time doing mindfulness, you will realize that your brain thinks thoughts you did not author. 
you will you cannot help but be be sitting there in traffic and all of a sudden all of a sudden wondering or th- or having the thought like my bro- like what would it look like if my brother just got hit by a car like you didn't author that you weren't actually curious about that but our brains are so fucked up that they will just think shit like that out of nowhere intrusive thoughts right so we don't even have control over those so in the in the search for control it it kind of honestly narrows down to the only thing that us the i the passenger has control over is the response to the thoughts how mm. we respond to our own thoughts is the only thing that we can control that we have authorship over it's it's the only thing and so i'm like well shit now i don't want to say anything what do you say to that well it, i don't know yeah right Right, right. I don't. Is it me thinking it, or does Aaron? Did Aaron just think it through me? Did you just journey through my stuff? <laughs> I don't, in I don't in in a on. short amount of time. Um, no, it's 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 profound and enlightening, and it takes away, like not only just the realization, but the acceptance of it, the true acceptance of that fact. Is the most freeing feeling of of like any ounce that <laughs> that there is some part of the external world that you you ought like live up to be a part of be um like be accountable for it's it, it is ridiculous to like hold yourself accountable if you get a flat tire and 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 harbor any sort of feeling over it the perfect example i let when when the fucking audio fucked up and we came back in and I was angry. That was me not taking my reaction to that problem as seriously as I ought have. Instead hmm. of being measured and going, hey, you are feeling the feeling of angry. Why are you angry? What about this did you have control over? Could you have done anything different to have changed the fact that the that the computer did something that you weren't authoring? Is there is there one iota of quality of life that you will increase by holding on to this feeling any longer than the recognition that it happened? Hmm. Is there? No. Never. There never no. is. So so and and with feelings like that, with feelings of inadequacy, there at the quickness that you can think a crazy thought and go, what the fuck was that brain? And, and dispel it. And you're not thinking about it anymore. You go, that was fucking weird. 
why did my brain think back? Nope, turn the dream theater up again. And you're back into your right. As quickly mm-hmm. as that thought can pass, at the fundamental level, it's no different than anger or sadness or insecurity. Any feeling like that is the same switch on. Our brain thought some crazy shit. It's having, it wants to have a response to this thing. And now I just have to choose to respond to my brain. It's such a bitch. (laughs) It's such a bitch of a thing because it feels like you have control over yourself and then something happens and you're out. And now you're reacting in a lizard brain, right? Yeah, it's fear because we lost control. We lost the illusion of control. Yeah. (laughs) So my professional world now is all about having the illusion of control. Right. And all that it is is thinking you have it and then being reminded to 8, 20, 40 times a day, you don't have control over shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then all these other external factors start coming into play. It's like, oh, well, this happened over here and that fucked up this plan. That happened over there and that's going to fuck up your next plan. Right. And you go, and then you go, well, fuck. It looks like, (laughs) it looks like, it looks like I'm the common factor in all of these things. And it only then can mean it's me. It's going to be May. Not, 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 (laughs) not true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the other thought, the other thought would be, Hey man, I'm in like this really weird situation where, um, despite my best efforts for a semblance of control, uh, the universe doesn't care. (laughs) And I, I'm not responsible for the universe not caring. You know, it's oh, that's my boss. <laughs> well, <laughs> your boss doesn't react well to his impulses, right? And sure. and you're not accountable for that either. There is no part of you that is ever accountable for the way someone else reacts to something. <laughs> that's a lesson I'm just starting to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a bitch? Right. So here's something I discovered about myself. I didn't know this for a long time. Due to years of conditioning, this is a response that I had. So if you were to ask me, if I was out, if we, if we were working together, you gave me a list of five things to do. And I had four out of five of them done. And you didn't give a shit about those four. Number five was the important one to you. And you came to me direct face to face and said, Jake, do you have number five done? If I had to say no, I crawl in my shell. And I feel less than zero because I have to tell you no to this one thing. And it becomes like a, uh, like a whipped dog or a scorned child. And I'm a grown fucking man, dude. And the worst part is I'm aware of it. And I've yet to be able to master it or get ahead of it to where it's no longer affecting me. Okay. Because it still happens. Hey, Jake. Jake. I want um, 
listen, we got a busy day today. And uh, I, I got just a few things. Okay, there's that dirt pile over there. It needs moved across, um, across the yard. Uh, we have a bunch of dunnage that needs restacked. We got, uh, oh, we got a shipment coming in on the barge that's going to need unloaded. We got uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Want to knock those five things out for me, Jake? Yeah, bud. Yeah. Right on it. Yeah. Okay. In that, did he go, hey, I gave you five, but do five first because it's the most important one. No. Right. Without that, I mean, if he would have say that, you would know and you would prioritize, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Dude, it's the weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Beth struggles with this and I work with her a lot on it because she's a people pleaser. Ah, she, she, to say no is, or, or I didn't complete that, or I'm sorry, couldn't anything that is acceptable, completely acceptable. Like, Shit, shit doesn't get done all the time, especially if orders are vague or, you know, and I, I have to tell her all the time, like, like, do, did you not like <laughs> feeling, does feeling defeat or feeling that feeling on one diminish the outcome of the others and like be honest with yourself should it it or does it does it (laughs) does yeah right and then and then the question is how because because it's easy to say yeah i know it shouldn't but it does and then okay Describe to me, work me through your thought process and how you get to the fact that this action diminishes the outcomes of those. Like, what causes that? What, what does? Me. <laughs> and it's only, it's but the it's, problem is, ah, but it's not. That's, that's the funny thing. It's not. It's not the problem, right? We want to say the problem is me. It's diminishing us. What it is is my 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 impulsivity to failure is a finer threshold than my impulsivity to success. The feeling that I draw from that is a finer line. It's a hair trigger versus a 20 pound trigger. Like it is, it's, it's, it's just a recognition of the threshold that we have for feeling that thing. Right? Like as soon as we recognize the, the state we're in and the ease of which we're triggered to feel something, then you're start you're operating on like it's like driving a truck and you know the throttle sticks at 30% so you've learned to drive the fucking truck at low vo- throttle and then jump past it so you're throttling it like you you learn the operation of the vehicle and then you drive it 
missing that part that'll fail. Like, you know, and, and you're right. It is the hardest. It is the fucking hardest part. Um, but yeah, do that, do that, that, that crazy hard thing that seems senseless is pause, take that moment. And how ask yourself a how question, because in our brains, the way we speak to ourselves matters on how we interpret things. And if we ask ourselves why questions, we can lie to ourselves. We can rationalize why, because why is just operative. It's, it's, it's our mm-hmm. reaction. It's only a statement about our reaction. We need to separate our reaction from what reality is. And so if you ask a how question, now you're talking about how things operate outside of how you think they operate. Uh, yeah. A how instead of why. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cause, cause how questions separate your feelings from how it operates. Why does it, why does a loader work? Well, cause I get in there and I fucking work it. I pull the levers and I do this. Okay. But how does, how do those levers make the bucket move? They're two different questions. Yeah. One's far less operative than the other, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, getting to a place where our brains are coming from an operative standpoint on our function in reality, on our, our being is all operative because we're not in control of most of it. It's unguided functioning processes that, that we're like, we're responding to. We're response mechanisms. We don't author most of what we think and do and act. We're, 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 we're late, our latency between our brain actually doing stuff and our cognition of the, the process is like a hundred or so milliseconds, man. We're, we're like, there's a crazy, the, the amount of latency that is impossible to record with. Like you could not record a song with a hundred second, hundred milliseconds of latency. No, but our, but our brain, every, we drive cars with a hundred seconds of latency, hundred milliseconds of latency. Like, you know, we have to allow ourselves the, the ability and the freedom to just be these imperfect reaction machines, man. Like, it is. It's the allowance of it. We, we have to allow ourselves to be that. And again, if you go, man, yeah, but that's hard. It's like, okay, then what reference that isn't this can you judge yourself against? Name one person that isn't that. How the hell do you do that? You can't. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. You can't. Exactly. So we're all, so, you know, we're all in the same boat. And we all, listen, we're going to carry expectations about our performance. We're going to carry these things with us into everything we do. We're, hell yeah. That's unavoidable. It, that's actually what strives us to be better, right? The expectation is mm-hmm. what strives us to be better. Okay, that's fine. That's locked in. That's solid. I'm going to go in expecting myself to perform great. And then you don't. And in that moment, what does that failure actually say about you? Does it say that your intent was wrong? Or that your enthusiasm about it was wrong? Or that your drive? Or the energy you put in? Or, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't, man. 
things to work on. These are <laughs> they these are. are things. Fuck the hard things that I need to work on. Well, yeah, man, we're we're all in a fucking dark cave, and there's a candle in there. You know, we're, we're every single person is blind in that cave. There isn't one person who knows where the candle is. There isn't one person who even has a fucking match to light the candle if they found it. That's like, I mean, base ground level for everybody. I love, I love the sentence. Everybody was a baby once. <laughs> True. Your boss who wanted you to do the five things, didn't tell you number five was important. And then, you know, just forgot to met. He was a baby. <laughs> he shit himself every day for months. Uh, good points. <laughs> right. He cried when his blanket got taken away. That dude, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Unavoidably. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's a fact. It's just leveling the that playing field mentally. You have to. You have to. There aren't hierarchies that we've taught there are, man. There aren't hierarchies of value of people. Now now there are false ones that are put in place retroactively. Society turns stuff into those, but on just the base human level, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And because somebody makes a hundred thousand more a year than you and has a fucking title and a name tag on his desk. That isn't any more concrete of a reason to actually believe the hierarchy is true. It's not. I, Cause a lot of people I know who deal with this also really, really, really think that like, especially as like authority was like the, the authority was like the end all like the end of the road there was an authority on something right and and it's real and you ought not cross that authority whatever the authority on whatever it is is we were all taught to varying levels of degrees some way harsher than others of like the strictness of that authority the 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 retribution that you will in that you will incur from going against said authority um you know, oh shit, I'm, I'm scared of that. I do not want to deal with that. Oh, fuck, it's not real. Then why do I feel like I can't deal with it still? You know? Yep. <clears throat> I was the former person there for a long time. Like, okay, well, it, this creates that reaction in that person. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I can to avoid that reaction from that person. Yeah. Well, what do I need to do? Even if you and weren't, I just, even and if, I just even if thought you, I became that person, right? And even if you weren't wrong in you what you did, the reaction was something to avoid more than you being right or stand or whatever it was. You know, in yeah, yeah, dude, that's mm -hmm. that's a tough thing. I mean, that's that's the toughest thing to to undo. Uh, yeah, the authority complex, man. Just, oh, you're doing good though, Jake. I see you, man. I see you. You're looking fucking swole. I can tell that you've been hitting that 20 minutes hard. Uh, 
No, no, really, man. I, I, uh, the fact that you're, you're, you are thinking about this, the fact that like you're making fucking changes and recognizing like, oh yeah, I don't fucking need nicotine to like be level. I don't need it to, to, to be my moment, you know, to, to be the impetus for my reflection. I can do this shit without like, that's, those are big steps, man. You know, the, the real, the, the big thing to step away with any of this is dude. And I tell myself this all the time and you know, this, um, for every news, weather and sports people out there, there are just as many who aren't news, weathers and sports people who want to talk about the deep stuff who never ask themselves these questions either. They could talk deeply on external subjects to them. But if you ask them these types of questions about themselves, they got nothing to. So, <laughs> so to sit, to sit here and, and be asking these questions coming up with fuck, I don't know. And then, and then going past the, I don't know, like so few people do it. It's pretty, it's pretty eye opening. It's kind of liberating at the same time, but getting over that hump is difficult. And most of this conversation, at least in the last, let's say 45 minutes has been completely out of my wheelhouse. And in 34 years, I've never had it. Wow. Yeah. Never <laughs> completely uncharted territory for me to try and discuss. Isn't that some shit? That no, it really is. It really is. It, it, I mean, it, so you have to excuse my silence for, for a lot of this. I'm just trying to absorb. Well, because it's, it's new vernacular to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um. Well, if I've, well, I guess that first makes me just immediately go. Well, I'm I'm sorry if I spoke too much, or or um or flooded you with too much. Um, and no, man. To having it's 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 it, the the other thing it, it it makes it makes me think of is um <laughs> you are obviously at the place where you're you're ready for this because for for others who I talk to and try and get deep and ask stuff like this to them and they've never had the conversation either most shut down most most don't want to do this and be flooded with a bunch of holy shits i've never heard that before like most don't so to sit there and go hey man i <laughs> this it's my first time um and <laughs> And yet not be going like, you know, not being pushed away by it is, is just another commendation to your, I mean, your, your ability and want to do this, man. Um, so, so um, yeah. good, good for you for that, for sure. Um, well, let me, you it's know. It's uncomfortable as fuck. <laughs> what? Okay. What? Why? If if you could if you could hear the, yeah if you could try and describe 
the um not not why it's uncomfortable but where it's uncomfortable part of it is where where it's uncomfortable comes from conditioning a lot of a lot of conditioning in my adult life not from not from my home not from my parents i had one from parents. from from <laughs> from work from trying to adapt and become somebody that I never was to begin Sorry. with. Hold on. What? Really talk about? Okay. Okay. All right. I'm back. Sorry, Ben. Yeah. Uh, adapting to become somebody to fit into a very specific place in a very specific environment with a specific pre-programmed set of reactions and responses. Yeah. 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 So um, at this point, I'm in a new, or rather in a different environment with different people who expect different things. So now my pre-programmed responses are completely outdated and I don't use them. So I've got to come up with new ways to cope and react and interact without trying or trying to do this without having the past overwrite potential futures. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, but I've got to figure this out in myself. Well, okay, okay and I've well, never had to. Well, then let me give you the most valuable piece of advice I can. You, you've always been wrong. Oh hell yeah! Right. <laughs> so have I. In in those situations, in every moment of doing that, we've always been wrong. There's never been a mask that worked. I guarantee. We've never fooled anyone. Never. <laughs> even if, even if you have evidence that, yeah, right. but, but like, even if you have the evidence that you succeeded, hi, hi. <laughs> even if you have the evidence that you succeeded, it uh, doesn't mean you fooled them. It just means that despite you thought you did. But I've thought that many times. <laughs> right. But what it should tell yeah. you as what it should tell you is, oh man, despite me thinking I fooled him and I didn't, I still succeeded. Despite the trick I thought I was playing not working, I still succeeded. So the trick was never working in the it it, it it's irrelevant to the to the equation and the conclusion of it. Hmm. <clears throat> that's that's pretty deep there buster yeah hmm. the trick never worked the the uh the truth always comes out doesn't it like the lie is always exposed always and, Always, uh, and it's how I is how I started the conversation, man. It's I've been doing a lot of reflecting and realizing how just fucking much I lie to myself, like just how much. And it's 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 always things like that. It's every mask I've ever put on for another human, like, and I have a fucking closet of masks, dude. Like, it, 
I, you know, I get that. And it's, and the, the funny thing is, is, is it is the emperor's clothing bit. And do tell, do tell Aaron. Well, in the, in the old, uh, fable of the emperor's clothing, he wanted the most modern clothing in the world and, uh, the fanciest clothing. And so he hired seamsters and, and seamstresses from all over all the lands to come to the emperor to sew him the nicest clothing. And one of these guys came and told him he had invisible thread and sewed him clothes of invisible thread. Oh. And the emperor, so enamored by the thought of these modern clothing, realized he never put on clothes. And all of his people and the court jesters and everybody in his court, so afraid of what would happen if they told the king he was wrong, that they went along with it too. And pretty soon, the king was just walking around naked all the time, <laughs> thinking he was wearing the most modern clothing, and no one told him about it. He's a child in the fable? You're, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. 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 I, ah, the end of it. it was a child that pointed out that the emperor actually has no clothing. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. It was the, ah. the, the, the unabashed, un, the uh, unabashed honesty of a child, right? Unbeholden to societal stuff. Yeah. Un, yeah. And and where I like drawing that is like like I I have worn so many masks through my life, and then to take the most honest look of the collection of masks, every one of them was my face. Every single mask was my face. But I told myself I was deluded enough to think it wasn't my face. And now the, 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 six, the 36, almost 37-year-old me is that child going, hey man, you're not wearing fucking clothes. <laughs> Your balls are showing. <laughs> hey, your balls are showing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly Bumblebee what it Tuna. Is. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean you were telling yourself to Bumblebee Tuna. Yeah. Um, that's a tough pill to swallow. Did you was it tough for you? Uh, uh, absolutely. It still is. To be like, dude, it was these are all masks and they're all me. No, it, I'm it, just lying to myself. Yeah, yeah, no, it it still is because I still have the the gut impulse to think that no, I didn't do that. No, I didn't make friends. It like no, it was it was me being not me that made that friend and it's like no, man, it wasn't. Like it can't be because the person that you met <laughs> like It was, it was, the, the you that they met, as much as you don't want to say that, like, that wasn't me, but it, it was to them. And so we tell ourselves, mm -hmm. we tell ourselves that was a mask, but all we're trying to do is like, retroactively wash away our crappy behavior and like 
uh, apologize in a way for just being a fake fucking fraud to people. And like, they don't know you were right. So, so my, like, it's not that we don't believe, but you weren't fooling them. The person you showed them is exactly who you showed them. And that's you. Like, you know, we showed them that of ourselves. So all they got was that. Have you ever heard the song, I, the mask from in flames? Oh yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah. Right. Who am I? So many faces. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what that song is all about. It's yep. Yep. all these different masks that we wear and like all these different people that we could be, but who are we really? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, mm. yeah, ah, we're, we're, we're no one, heavy. we're no one other than ourselves. And if we think that doing anything is going to change us, no, I mean, it's, we're, there is a weird dichotomy here. Do you, how much time do you have? <laughs> I mean, are you just, are you good? I have, like, I have like nine more days, man. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. Okay. So, so the, the weird dichotomy is, let me ask you another probing question, Jake. Yeah. Do you Go care, do you care about 16 year old you? Not really. Yeah. That's a, that, that's actually the right answer. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> well, could. I, he has come and gone. Well, right. I could give uh, a fuck about myself in high school. In fact, I can quali- qualitatively say there are there are many parts of like I hate that guy in some ways. Hmm. But yeah, because he's not who you are today. Well, but he, he right, and and the, and then like the other crazy thing is like. Like he's not real at all, even. Why? Why isn't he real? Can I talk to him? <laughs> uh, can, can, can sort he, of. I mean, there the the level of like he's as real as any other dream I've ever had. As I sit here right now with you. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old me is only as real as any dream I've ever had. Today, yes. That's right. But we're only us today. Right? That's the bitch. That's now, the curse of life. Now move this forward. How much do you care about you at 30? Do you care more about the you at 30 than the you at 16? Like in a qualitative still... loving way, do you like how much, how much care do you put in to that? Like, you know, for me, it's the same. I don't care more about the 30 year old version of me than the 16 version of me because they're both the same dream. Like it's still mm-hmm. so how much do you care about you yesterday? Like literally the you yesterday that went to bed and woke up as you this morning. How much do you care about him? Not a whole lot because I, <laughs> I tend to be more forward looking than rearward looking in, in that aspect. Right. Right. So 
with that being said, with the recognition that you give almost no fucks about any previous version close to zero right of any previous version of you when somebody approaches you and said you disappointed me in this but i did that job two days ago oh yeah so why do you care about that guy he disappointed oh fuck that guy disappointed your boss like yeah, okay, you're sitting there as the man the continuation of that process. I will completely th- give that to you. Sure, you're the continuation of his reality. But when you are faced with how much you care about it. Like, do you care about that guy? And if you don't, and we can admit that we don't, then we can't care about what he did. We're faced with now responding to somebody else's response to him. But this is all like secondhand response on response game at this point. It's far different if I stood right in front of you and immediately slapped you in the face, right? And you were like, why the fuck did you hit me? Okay, yeah, that, <laughs> that, that's me. Sorry, I fucking hit you. Like, there, there's, there's, an, there's, there's an immediate equivocation right there. But if it happened yesterday, is this the Lion King? I don't. What <laughs> is it? <laughs> What's how's that scene go, Mama? Um, oh, with fucking Rafiki in with yeah. Simba and the tr- maybe it is. Yeah, Am I yeah, quoting something, something like that? Well, like, why do you care about it? It already happened. It's in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, fucking See? Rafiki, <laughs> fucking Rafiki, fucking Rafiki. We can break this down into child elements. Yeah, yeah. I, I, dude, it's, it's, it's such a struggle for me too because, like, it, it will, in those moments where I'm being asked that direct question, like, yeah, but did you do the thing? And if my answer is an excuse or what I deem an excuse. It's the wind out of the sails gut punch yeah. instantly. And I go like, so, so do you, sorry, no, <laughs> please oh. don't beat me. Okay. Okay. And okay. I know that I'm not going to get beat. And I know that all he's asking for is the answer. Yes or no. So that we can find a solution forward. Right. Right. Okay. Never comes off that way. If. Oh God, hold on. You just said, um, Oh, what you deem an excuse. That was a brilliant, sneaky little thing that highlights, I think, part of part of your 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 processing around failing. And glad you caught that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why would there be one phrase that ought be deemed an excuse by you, but not by somebody else? Because I hear everybody else's excuses, and and I just have a, a sensitivity to them. Okay, so oh. I know you. I know you're bullshitting me. So do you? Do, do are you? Are you then like truly stuck in a place where you 
you you hear an excuse from somebody and you go, yeah, that's bullshit, and I, I'm on to your stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they think they're bullshitting? Do you think that do you think that they think they're making an excuse? Like they they're consciously like, oh, I'm gonna get fucked here and making an excuse, or maybe how much of the time? I'll put it back on you, so it's not on somebody else. When how much of the time do you feel like you're being honest, but then retroactively going, God, that sounds like an excuse? Almost always. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just damn near always where I'm like, well, this is what actually happened, but right. why do I feel like the fucking dirtbag? Right. So it's just the truth. When, yeah. Yeah. Um, as it may be. Can, is there ever a time in your experience, if someone else was, you know, one of your rousts told you the truth, would you go, man, that's just a fucking excuse. Like, if you knew he was telling you the truth, would you look at him and go, man, that's just a fucking excuse? No. no, no yeah, you would do it. You would never do that to somebody, right? No. Nope. But my my perception is always like that's that's going to be how it comes back on me. I know. I know. Irrational as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's all about it's, it's all about remembering like, hey, man. I would never do this to somebody else. Like, but like placing other people's expectations on reactions. Opposite not, of my you, own. You, you can't control their reactions. There isn't one uh, thing you, there isn't one thing you can ever say right or not to guarantee the reaction of another human. Mm. There's not ever a guarantee. So if you're hedging your bets on juggling reaction-based words or just the fucking truth, at least at the end of the day, you can say, hey, even if he, even though he reacted shitty, at least he wasn't reacting shitty to me hedging the truth on an expectation. Exactly. Because... The, and I tell myself this all the time, the reaction that someone gives isn't, it, not only does it have nothing to do with you, it couldn't have anything to do with you. Why? Because you're not, you, you have, you, you don't control their thoughts. They don't even control their thoughts. Their list of pre-programmed responses being regurgitated as rebranded and regurgitated as, as, as defense thought. mechanisms, as uh, avoidance techniques, as um, fear-based responses. You could give a you could give a, a completely honest and accountable answer. And they could not have an answer for you. All of a sudden, they're the weak one in the dichotomy, the situation. All of a sudden, they're feeling on their back foot, and then there's fear response. Accurate. Most, you know, a lot of times, man, how many times? Okay, do, are you a pre-planner of conversations? If you, if you no. know, 
so so if if you know like <laughs> man man I got to go talk to this guy about something you won't run through like the things you want to say to him first before you go into it. I raw dog it and it good it good is okay really okay. really dangerous okay sometimes. well well but that's good but we have to recognize that most people pre-plan their conversations my wife's throwing her hands in the air over here like be <laughs> i do that yeah yeah we pre-plan every word we could say and then every response they would say back God, that must be nice. Well, no, because we're, we're almost Actually, we're, exhausting. we're almost always wrong. I pre-plan my conversations too, and inevitably I will say the thing that I fucking planned out and they will respond in a way that I had never accounted for, and all of a sudden my <laughs> script is lost, my ideas are gone. I'm like, "Well, now what the fuck do I say?" Mm -hmm. And most people are that way. Uh -huh. We catch them authenticness, truthfulness, rawness catches that by surprise catches those mm -hmm. people by surprise they don't have tools equipped to deal with that they didn't plan for that and so so you have like we have to look at like ev everybody responding to us as long as we're being our authentic selves we're being truthful we're not being like harmful in our truth right we're not we're not like yeah you are fat no i'm just being honest like like that's 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 not you know that's not well, quite honesty but but um we just have to we just have to account for the un unpreparedness of the other party like it goes back to the authority thing because we were taught there's authority on things and they they're they like they're right every time and like they made the rules and they upstand by so like they're right every time it also kind of went with this air of confidence like oh like we were kids and our parents knew everything like they had the answer to everything they were prepared for everything and we just kind of grew up like oh man there are there must just be these people out there that like have it figured out <laughs> and and no matter what conversation or what thing they have every soliloquy and thing ready to just pounce on and it's just not true most people most of the time are vastly unprepared for every circumstance and interaction they're ever going to be in <sighs> and then we we judge ourselves because they react <laughs> they they react crazy they react unlogical to our response because they weren't ready for that response god dang it so true man yeah and again all it reinforces every every bit of this only reinforces that none of it has to do with us none of it has to actually do with us it doesn't do any effect on uh, like it you know it's just like, how does me not completing one task do anything to the other four tasks I did? It's it's the same, the same logical step. Well, it just it just flat doesn't. Mm. Aaron, <clears throat> this is what they call one of those tough to swallow pills. <laughs> Bro, I I still have the pill in my throat. Like I'm, I'm swallowing it too, man. We're all, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's large and prickly and, 
and and it, the funny thing about these pills is like like they they have little arms and they use the the ribs of our esophagus to like climb back up as our we're trying to swallow it down it's it is a constant tactic of our brain to avoid being uncomfortable in these moments our brain will fight us every step of the way to not feel this way by avoiding this thing like it is a defense mechanism it's it's just cognitively hardwired into every single human being and that's what we're fighting against us who want to be unbeholden to our trauma and our past experiences and you know our indoctrination we we are fighting an, our physiology to overcome these things yeah you know and and it's 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 hard work it's the hardest work the the strange thing for me if I'm being perfectly honest, is thinking for so long that I didn't really have anything to work on. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I think I'm pretty okay. And I just, you know, was living my life. Yeah, doing dude. stuff. Yeah. Doing things. I don't know. Uh, what's 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 the big deal? I don't know. I'm just going to go back to work. I'm just going to bury myself deeper. Right myself deeper again and and like in exponentially deeper each time and then coming to the realization one day that there's a lot more that i was just unaware of and in my circle it was that was a cop-out or like you were you were somehow less yeah if if you if God damn! If you went, if you went to a therapist, unsuredness is weakness, right? Weakness. Mm-hmm. That 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 word is. I still don't understand it. I st- I I used to believe it. I used to think it was real. But now I don't even know what it means. If somebody was to call something weak like an action of attribute of a personality mm-hmm. and call that weak. Like I don't even know what it means. I know what people mean it as. Yeah. But that's not what it, I mean, you know, doesn't mean that's what it is. Like how could it be? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Well, and then that calls into question what is strength then? If we can't even define what weakness is, then how do we then have a placeholder for strength? God damn, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. That's another good one. Right. It's like a, it's like not having heaven without a hell. It's no yin, no yang correct no equal or opposite hmm well it's again it's just something we were told that are attributes that ex- that that exist 
and we're given examples of what some people think strength looks like, right? What, what, what it, but you could go and ask a million other people and they would think that wasn't strong. That wasn't virtuous in strength or, or that that's not weakness. Like it, there, there isn't that, you know, we're, if we're starting from base operative conditions and building a worldview outwards from those, we can't start with, you can't start with strength exists and weakness exists as a base operating condition. You have to start with, I'm looking for terms to define modus operandi and like you have to prove that there is a quality that is called strength first before you can then use it as as something that exists to explain away other things you have to prove it exists we we can't accept it does i've never questioned it i know again most people fucking don't dude <laughs> Why, you know, I guess why would I? It, well, it, Until now. It's always served a purpose for you and it's for all of us in some way. Having like, I mean, man, it feels really good to be convinced that you're strong in something, right? Just like, like that word, right? Like strength. Oh, yeah. It's, it's this like ingrained thing of like, and we're told that ought feel good. And then we're never told what it is. <laughs> I used to, one of the, one of these cats that I used to work for, he had a thing for pairing people and he would do what he called pairing, pairing a strong with a weak. And he would tell you to your face, you were either one of the strongs getting paired with a weak person or you're one of the weeks getting paired with a strong person. Holy shit. <laughs> this like it's God's honest true story. Oh, oh no, I know. I believe it. I can I I I mean Yeah, you can totally envision this whole scenario, a, can't you? A hundred percent. And it makes you feel fucking good when you're one of the strong category. Right. I don't know how it felt to be labeled in the weak category, but I can't imagine that it made you like on cloud nine. Oh boy, oh boy, you called me fucking weak to my face. Yeah, now now that, that creates, when you're now tasked in working alongside this person, this weaker person, and you're the strong mm -hmm. person, uh, did you find equal work output uh, between the two of you in that situation? Did Almost you, never right. that person legitimately didn't have a, a similar skill set. Okay, cool. Then it became my job to get you as close to where we thought your skill set needed to be as possible. And then for me, it's like, cool. Then I get to put on my teaching hat and I get to, you know, I always, I always loved that stuff. Yeah, but you weren't, gonna, you weren't sitting there as like, like going like, hey, weak guy, get over here. I need to show you something. Correct. 
right? <laughs> That's the big difference. At the end of the day, the human was was still treated as a human. Yeah. At least at our level. Right. And, and there is no need for me to posture any other way. And great, you know, you know super duper for me, whatever. Not everybody would do that. <laughs> that that's why I asked because I can completely in fact that yeah 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 I can I can I can imagine the the quotes the quotes uh, branded weeks uh would hope they probably got paired with you or the similar right like fuck I got stuck with Carl today like fucking Carl Carl only calls me weakling he doesn't even know my name. <laughs> exactly but, uh, that that old world that that i came from man was just some, really something else well, yeah man i mean, I mean it, it all is and you know it's just it's 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 it, it is our duty at this point to think of every every level of classification you've ever been put in a part of something like that every le- and and go why did i accept that to be true Mm. and ought I still you know Um, the question I ask myself more more often than not and the one that comes back uh, well the one that comes to the surface constantly is why did I do that for so long why am being meaning why did I stay in that environment for so long, thirteen years. Like it wasn't a blink; it <laughs> yeah. was a long time. Um. Hmm. Well, obviously, because I can't answer that for you. But do you? Yeah. Do, have but, you sorry, what? Go ahead. I was gonna say, did have you have you come to any conclusions, or is it still just a why? I. <laughs> I mean, honestly, no, not really. I think I stayed, but here again, this is a bigger picture idea. I think that I stayed in the situation as long as I was supposed to mm. until I was ready for the next evolution or because in, in our situation, it's not only about me, right? There's yeah. also a wife and two little people. Absolutely. Either they needed to get out of the mm. situation or I needed to, or we all needed to be removed from a situation yeah, yeah. And put in a new one. But I'm a I'm just a fucking firm, firm believer of things happen when they're supposed to and how they're supposed to. Well right or wrong, I don't know, but I believe that. Well, it's yeah, I mean, I mean, it's that that to me, it's amb- unambiguously true that things only happen how they're supposed to, when they're supposed to. It says nothing about the reasons why it does. You know, I mean, for me, it's just, it is just physics and cause and event. And you throw a bowling ball down a lane and it hits pins, pins are going to fly. I mean, you're you're not, you threw that ball that way. It's not that same throw in exactly the same way with the same amount of oil on that lane won't hit different pins. It just won't. You can rethrow that same shot a thousand times and it won't hit different pins. Like, you know, that's, yeah, so that, that, that's all absolutely true. Um, See, what's funny, Aaron, is to, to people like you and I, you go, well, duh, 
<laughs> there, there is no other way, dummy. There is no other way. Do you know how many times I've had this conversation? And I've gotten every imaginable answer. Most of them aren't. Well, like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could be this. It could be that. It could be those things over here. Like, do, 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 do. Nope. I just don't believe that. The logical thought progression is X created Y created Z. Sure. Boom, boom, boom. Sure. Um, so is there a cosmic answer to it? Maybe. Is there a religious element to it? Perhaps, depending on your belief system. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, arguably, 70% of the world would answer a hard yes to that. <laughs> okay. Good for them. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. But saying that saying that things just the it's the universe man hell yeah isn't ever isn't ever an answer to why no it's only the answer to how it's only the answer to how how to happen well shit everything the universe came together cool Planets aligned. Yeah. I mean, I can probably take a pretty good stab at why. And it was economic reasons and other things like that, base functions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there is a certain amount of, um, Like, there's a part of being a caveman, and all oil field workers are cavemen. Um, having been a caveman myself, there is a there's an addictive quality to like cavemen being cavemen and doing caveman shit. And hell yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not healthy, but it's fucking fun sometimes just to, to like, to like never have to worry that there's like not a caveman around and you're, you're all just fucking Neanderthals, right? Like it, I, uh -huh. <laughs> especially at like, Oh, I don't know, 22 years old, 24 years old. Like, God damn, is that a fun time? You know? And, and for that guy, right. For that life for like, now, is it productive? Does it teach you things to be a 30-year-old? Does it do any one of those things? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but but is it no. But is it fun? Just like oh yeah. oh yeah. Yep, it sure is. And that and honestly, I think that's the reason why we like because we liked it. Like when we want to really be real with ourselves, why did I fucking do that so long? Cause you liked it. It may be an uncomfortable answer. Yeah. It may go like, give you a little bit of a Nikki feeling like, Oh man, I liked that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My biggest ick is me. <laughs> was you. My biggest ick was me. <laughs> yeah. Because, because that guy who liked that isn't you right now. That guy who liked that doesn't yeah, even true. fucking exist anymore. That's true. So when you ask yourself, why 
did I? No, it's why. I mean, you could use why as the extensive going back in time, identifying with all past versions of yourself as current I. You can do that if you want. I prefer. I'm like, I I I literally ask myself like, why did he do that? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I'm not that. It's a different person altogether. It definitely wasn't <laughs> me. Like me right now sitting in this here talking to you didn't choose that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I wouldn't wholeheartedly would not do that. Right. Like that. That's how different it is of a person. Mm -mm. And that guy liked that. He liked debauchery and (laughs) lacks of ethics and uh, hazing. What? And. No way. <laughs> we would never do any of those things. No, no, never. But the no. but but that's the that's the hard truth, dude. You know, that's yeah. it's the uncomfortable one. But I here's where I did the same thing for a long time. And in the latter half at least half, I was just miserable. Yeah, yeah, you quit liking it. Oh, I quit liking it a long time before I quit doing it. Right. And it took moving out of state. It took quitting that career path altogether. It took the, (laughs) the opportunity given to me by a friend to get out and do something else. Um, And then finding, well, where I'm at now is kind of like a happy balance. Um, it took all of that to understand and appreciate what I have now and to be okay with it, like to be really okay with like, yeah, I'm gone half the year, but my weekends, (laughs) my, you know, my Saturday, Sunday weekend are three weeks long. Yeah. They're huge. Do I miss stuff? Yes, of course. Is my qualitative time at home exponentially better now? Fuck. Yeah, it is. You know how many times my phone has rang and I've had to go to work in the middle of dinner since we moved here and I started working up north? Zero. (laughs) Zero times. Yeah. And for me, not living under that type of oppression anymore is is like invaluable. Because it's hard to describe. Like it's sorry to cut you off, but it's hard to describe to folks that um, so guys that I work with now that are accustomed to rotating schedules, so two, two weeks on, two weeks off, or three weeks on and three weeks off to tell them if like, and of course this only applies to people who have only worked that schedule to tell them <laughs> tales from the real world. And to say that my job was Monday through Friday, seven to three. So there's your 40 hours, right? Yep. But when you show up on Monday at seven, the job could be <laughs> you pack your shit. You're getting on an airplane for three days and three days always turned into seven. Yep. Or you're going to go here and you're going to be there until the job is done. That might be midnight in three days yeah. or two days. Yeah. You, you literally never know. Okay. You got home. The day is done. Neat. Somebody went off the road. You're going to go recover them at 11 PM on Friday night. Like, all real. Oh yeah. <laughs> These real scenarios. Um, and that goes on forever. You're on, do you have your base schedule? So there's phase one. 
phase phase two is all the stuff that's like an on-call scenario. Something comes up, you go. And phase three is absolutely a true on-call status. Yeah. You are never your own person. You never have autonomy. Never. You're one phone call away. And, you know, you just get used to living like that. And as I just assumed it was kind of normal after a while because all my friends were doing it. Yeah. Like 12 of us that live this life year round, year after year after year. And at a certain point, I'm like, fuck, I'm 10 years into this. I don't really like this anymore. (laughs) This isn't fun. Like, I'd like to just be off work for once. So then the why happens. Like, why did I do that for so long? Well, yeah, I I liked it (laughs) to some extent, of course. Yeah, but you've already highlighted multiple times in the rest of this that to let someone down. Mm -hmm. Right. Not okay with me. Right. So you, you, so you will, you will, I would send myself to the fucking ground. Yeah. You will let that drive. You will let yourself down hand over foot. And did right before letting my superior down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it's funny to think like, well, what did I owe that superior that I don't owe myself? So Kayla's Kayla's watching and listening to this entire interaction. And like, she is, she was there for every day of all of this. (laughs) Yeah. And like, we've had this conversation of me going, I felt like I owed him something. She's like, what the fuck did you owe him? What could you possibly have owed anybody to that extent? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm even, I mean, wrongs was such that, you know, well, it's, I'm even fine that in, there are situations that we accept that we sign up for that we, you know, that then we owe somebody something like that's, that's not unreasonable that like the the bottom line is like what do i owe somebody that i don't also owe myself what what things am i granting of toward that person that i that i withhold from me like you know it if anything it should be most all of the uh allowances for you and you withhold allowances for others but oftentimes we find ourselves withholding those allowances for ourselves and allowing everything for someone else. And it's not ever, uh, reciprocal. Right. It's, it's challenging <laughs> to be in that scenario. Is, yeah. is difficult. Well, mm, well, but, but you're not you're, now and I'm not now. Right. And that's great. Right. And I love it. And to just continue with, you know, like you said, the daily affirmations of positivity, the daily affirmations of, um, like I'm valuable. Like not that, not that today, like for me, mine, mine look more like, like not today's going to be a good day, but I'm going to have a good day. Hmm. Because yep. because we have no control on the day. We only have control of how we respond to the day. Correct. You know, and control so it's... Reactions. Right. So, you know, all of my affirmations are just internally motivated. 
like only internally motivated. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I wake up in the morning, I go, I'm going to, I'm going to respond better to stupidity today. I'm going to, I'm, I am going to be less angry at traffic. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to like, I just have to tell myself how I, I want myself to act about a day. That stuff makes such a big difference too. It just does, man. It's it's the it's simply telling yourself these minor inconveniences aren't going to let me or force me to become angry. They just happen and in ten seconds they're irrelevant and they yeah. never happen again. Yeah. Okay, so what? Laugh at it. Try laughing at it sometime. And you'll find humor everywhere. <laughs> And all this crazy little bullshit. Um, and it's just not worth the spike in blood pressure. Nine times out of ten. Not at all. Let them go do their thing. Laugh at them. Move on. Yeah. Okay, okay. And go back to listening to Dream Theater. And then allow yourself the same. That's the thing. Well, yeah, laugh at all those other guys. Laugh at yourself too. Don't, oh, dude. don't just Don't just do that for them. If you do it for yourself too, you'll never feel insecure about yourself. You'll never feel like you failed at something. You just laughed at a mistake you made. You know, it's if if we can afford that for other humans, we have to do it for ourselves to the same extent. Yep. <laughs> I got I got humbled by a uh, a piece of communication hardware <laughs> the other day. <laughs> And uh, so we have these, these, they're hard to describe, but they're half cell phone, half two-way radio. Yeah. Okay. You can punch in a number on them and call a specific radio. Well, I didn't have the number for any specific radio, but I had the number to this facility. So I'm trying to contact the board operator to get permission to come in there and get a piece of a document from him. Okay. Neato. So I tune my radio to his frequency and I call him up. And I'm like, Hello, whatever your name is. Flow station one, this is so and so and so. Okay. And I'm like, huh, no response. That's unusual because those guys are manned. They man the radios 24 hours. And I call them a second time. Huh, nothing happens. So I start fucking with the radio and I'm doing my thing. Well, huh, let's try her again. So I call this dude a third time. <laughs> and then very softly, uh, I hear some kind of radio chatter. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, come to find out, our radios have a uh, they have a handheld feature where you can put it to your ear, or you can use it like a speaker and turn up the volume up and down. Okay, well, it had been put on the handheld mode like a phone. So the only way I would have heard this guy's three responses <laughs> was if I had the radio to my ear, and I didn't. <laughs> I'm sitting here calling him like an idiot, you know. Hello, uh, it's me. Hey, and so, you guys. Exactly. <laughs> so finally, I figure it out, and I'm like, "Oh God damn it! It's me, isn't it? I'm the problem." So this, I go in and I talk to this board operator. He's like, "You called me like ten times, dude." I was like, "I know. I'm just an idiot sometimes." <laughs> Yeah, man. And it like 
I, I, I still feel really dumb about it. Like the whole thing just made me feel stupid. And then I go, so what? You know, he was laughing about it. I have to laugh about it. Yeah. Because otherwise it'll just really irritate me that like I, I, the, I didn't perform at a, at, at a peak performance. Like, no, that's not it at all. Not at all. <laughs> Life happens and sometimes it's funny. Hilarious. Like, especially like for me as like, I, you know, writing skits and comedy and shit. Like to me, that's a, that's a great bit where like you do it the first time. And after the second time, you're like these motherfucking things. And like, you just start saying like all this shit. And he's like, uh-huh. right there. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's Oh, wait a minute. You have to push the speakerphone button. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. fucking good, dude. That's, so but you good. have to laugh at it. You have to. Yeah. You have to laugh at it. Um, I forget that sometimes. Well, yeah, we are. Yeah, are we get in the way of ourselves, man? Mm-hmm. You know, we get in the way, and uh, we have to allow ourselves to do that. It's just, it's not never get in the way of ourselves. That's that's an unreasonably ten goal. That you can't tentatively achieve that. Never get in our own way. No, allow ourselves to get in our own way. And then in the moment where we have to slow down because we're in our own way, that's the moment to reflect on why. Like, if you find yourself in your own way, that's probably a sign that you should reflect on this moment. <laughs> because I mean, you, a lot of reflecting. <laughs> I mean, it's a crazy... It's like if I told you, like, could you imagine what life would be like if you had to remind yourself to take every breath you take? Uh, both exhausting and, and impossible. Right. But we don't, like, it. if we though had to, it would be like the most important thing. Like big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we would, you know, obviously you, you wouldn't live if you didn't remind yourself to breathe, but that's what we have to do with checking in on ourselves. It is exactly that we are not breathing every time we don't check in on ourselves. Every time we don't reflect on everything we're we're holding our breath. And we're telling ourselves we're conditioned to believe that efficiency and strength are holding your breath. And it's fucking ridiculous to just like not accept that, no, we need to breathe all the time. I should be taking 10 or 20 breaths a minute, not holding my breath for hours on end. And then getting mad at myself if I go, Hey man, you should breathe. No, we don't have fucking time to breathe. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? No. Well, when you put it like that, Aaron, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. 
Isn't it interesting? Isn't it fascinating being alive? It is the most fucking fascinating thing on the world. Um, I mean, it's the only thing on the world being alive here, but not, you know, it's, but no, it, it is absolutely fascinating. It's, it, I, I love thinking about, um, like, like, like big, big picture, big picture shit, you know, um, like, Every single year, just existing on this planet, we travel 584 million miles through space. Every single year. Hell yeah. 584 million miles through space. That And that's just the orbit around the sun. That's not the distance the sun travels in orbit around the Milky Way, through the Milky Way. So the sun's traveling too. And to calculate that, I've done almost 20 billion miles in my life so far. Not bad. Not bad, man. 20 billion (laughs) miles. And I'm alive and having Mm -hmm. conversations with my fucking best friends. And no one is keeping track of those miles. Like, there's no odometer. You know, there's... All of that is happening, and no one fucking cares. But, like, a few asked Neil deGrasse Tyson and other people, you know, like... It... it, You know? Have you ever... Um, when I I love the grandeur of all that, right? You made me uh think about today that when you talked about the big uh, wine barrel cask that you did, guys didn't go see. Um, <laughs> correct the one we did not see. Right. Yep. You know, and it's just like, yeah, that's a arguably giant wine barrel. And then to think about like filling it up and how much wine it would be if that one barrel like spilt and the mess that barrel of wine would make. And then to try and think of, well, how many barrels of that big ass mess of wine uh, would fit in the ocean? When I was a kid, I used to sit on Cook Inlet fishing and, you know, at a dip netting or matting a uh at a fishing site my dad helped out a lot when i was a kid and i used to sit there and they would drink all the guys would have their gallon water milk jugs water jugs and just be you know drinking water out of those and every every guy had one you go to a job site and every guy has a fucking water jug and i used to sit there as a kid and look out at the cook inlet and it happened because a water jug was floating in like the wake of the water right on the edge of the beach. And I just looked at this little area of water and I'm like, that's, that has to be like a hundred milk jugs of water right there. And then I looked out a little further into the ocean and I just imagined stacks of milk jugs. Sure. Filling every drop of water inside of a jug and the representation of jugs of just the cook inlet of milk jugs, one gallon jugs. 
That's a lot of milk jugs. It's a lot of water. <laughs> like we think about, yeah, the ocean's fucking huge. No, no, put it into milk jugs and then count those milk jugs. Ooh. Right? And then to think that there are more atoms in one grain of sand than every milk jug in the ocean. Every possible milk jug in the ocean, there are more atoms in one grain of sand. So there's that. And we fit somewhere in the spectrum between billions of miles traveling through space and more atoms in one grain of sand than all water on the gallons of water on the planet. And we fit somewhere in between that trying to go, why am I mean to myself? We're the same atoms as that sand. It, isn't it fucking fascinating? There is a 99.9% .9 probability that the air you're breathing, a dinosaur breathed. Not only that dinosaur, but Abraham Lincoln and Genghis Khan and Napoleon and Cleopatra. Marcus Aurelius. Like we're, we're so fucking connected as, as all people dinosaur pisses in the water we drink. Like it's all the water has only ever been on this planet. We don't get more water. True. It, it can't escape our atmosphere. Right. We so may carry we may carry some out. You know? But no, mm -hmm. it, it's it's all been here. The same water we drink, dinosaurs drank and pissed out. The, I mean it's it, it, we're we're just a weird cacophonous organism just recycling the same constituent parts over and over and over. And over again. And so the next time we want to be mad at ourselves, we're just, just remember, man, you just got done drinking dinosaur piss. And you're mad about a speaker or a radio or a coffee mug or something. You just drank dinosaur piss. <laughs> How mad can you be? Eh, fuck it. <laughs> I love this man. This was great. I'm 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 still glad that we had an hour of basically unusable conversation and we still got two and a half hours of good conversation in on top of that. So Yeah. Hell yeah. Three hours actually. Th three hours of conversation. That's recorded for both with both of us on it, dude. Hot damn. Okay. Well, uh, <clears throat> so I, I I heard Derek's episode, right? Yeah. And I was like, damn, that was awesome. And then I listened to Britain's episode a couple days ago. Shout out to B Raton. And uh I was like, God damn it. <laughs> I need to I need to do another one of those. 
because those guys are having way more fun than I am with what I'm doing currently. And what they were doing was talking with Aaron. Well, let me ask you this, dude. Um, to kind of wrap up, did you, do you feel like do you feel like you got out of this what you wanted? I, funny enough, I was thinking about that this morning, and I go, "What do I want out of this conversation?" And remember how I said I don't pre-plan anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Word wise, <laughs> I went. <laughs> I just kind of went into this and was like, "I wonder what's going to happen," because there wasn't any specific thing that I wanted to talk with you about. I just kind of wanted to push record to see what came out yeah beautiful beautiful okay well i i love this then do do you feel like do you feel like what we got out of this um was helpful do you feel like do you feel like uh will be will be good answer good answer optimistic forward looking well i'll tell you and I, I made this the, the same thing to to old D Rock out there. Um that my my phone door is always open. You know? Mm-hmm. And I like this is what I fucking love doing is shit like this. I mean it's 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 just I'm not gonna be able to fucking sleep after this. Like I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna go out and I'm I'm pumped. Like I can feel my adrenaline is like we're doing shit, you know, and, and I'm going to, and like, I carry this. So, um, yes, let's like in, in all, in all reality, let's, let's, let's like make this more normal. Um, I would love to not, not just like the deep conversations, but like, like I'm, I'm trying to, to, to start a, a cult um, nice. but the cult doesn't necessarily have a leader or rules or anything like that. All I want it to be is like a, uh, a mindset of comfort where we can unabashedly just like rely on our friends when we're struggling and like mm-hmm. have, have open borders of communication to where it isn't ever weird to be to just be like hey man you got a minute i'm fucking struggling or man i you, like it just doesn't happen we don't we don't rely on each other for those things we have like our significant others that we talk to about that and while it's always useful it's it, it it can never be enough you know like like our our communities of of support and help have to be larger numbers than one or two it, it they just they just have to be we have to be able to to as 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 humans as people you know have to be able to not be so quick to discount the utility of friends Oftentimes we, we overvalue our, our, like we overvalue our struggles and undervalue the ability for someone else to help us with it. 
I had I had a thought while you were while you were saying that last line, and I was like, "Fuck, I've been lucky to have a bunch of really really good friends, like the brethren." Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't have that with them. Like dudes, I would ride into battle with. Yeah, if if you were home and and, and depressed, you wouldn't call them. And... I wouldn't call them if I was at home depressed. Nope, not a chance. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. And then as much as I wouldn't do that to them, I would be pissed if they didn't do that <laughs> for me. Right? A hundred percent. And they didn't. And they didn't. I, I uh, again, needs can't be met if needs aren't known, is a real right. thing well, in well, my that, world. Well, yeah, and and that's why I said this. That's why I'm like, try you know, every conversation I have with my friends, I like, I try to just say, hey, man, there is a fucking door that's open, and we don't ever use it. Like, yeah, you know, it's like it, having dental insurance but not getting your teeth cleaned. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, that's exactly a hundred percent. It's, you know, so, um, in, in, in the, like the recognition that we all struggle and life is hard and we're all trying to fucking figure this out. Like we should be doing it together. You know, it, it shouldn't be a solo sport that we only compare like, like our times, <laughs> like, like we like we only compare the end result and our metal placings and we never talk about like, like we never give each other tips about how we train or, you know, like it's, 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 it's so weird, man. And I'm trying to change that for at least my circle, my close circle of all my struggling friends. Everybody I know is fucking struggling, dude. Every single one of them has something that they're struggling with personally. And it's like, well, if, if, if we all are doing this, why are we alone? Yeah. Societal conditioning dictates that you and I, Aaron Singleton, you and I are to deal with our problems internally and not burden anyone else with them. Yeah. Because if you can define it, that's weakness. Right. <clears throat> and I and I wholeheartedly discount every bit of that. And I'm uh Isn't it patently insane though? Yeah. No, it is. It is. What the fuck? What was so, what was the do you remember the phrase you said back in the beginning? Deferred maintenance. Deferred maintenance. Yes. Yep. Fucking A. That's the one. That's what we're gonna call this episode, I think. <laughs> right on. Deferred maintenance. Cause even though it didn't uh that moment didn't get captured, it's it's still profound and um I think still encompasses probably the entirety of this conversation as well. So Pretty much. I'm not going to deal with it now, but I'll push it off. Yeah. And we can do it later. 
Right. And that's that's been my motto pretty much forever. <laughs> yeah, man, me too. Just pushing it out for deferred maintenance. Well, I would, but there's something else going on. You know. Yeah. yeah I would, but right. <clears throat> Oh, oh, or that'll work it out itself out when it needs to. There you go. Now it's just not the right time, Aaron. <laughs> the star, you know, uh, Mercury's in retrograde right now, so I better just like lay it low until you know the new moon and crystals. Yeah, crystals. What about your chakra? Uh, I well, I can tell you my my root chakra um, mm-hmm. is is like a little swollen right now. Um, it's 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 probably uh. Yeah, no, I, I got nothing. I was going to try and say something really dumb, but I got nothing that dumb. Um, your root shocker for everybody out there is located in your asshole, by the way. Oh. Huh. <laughs> She's just over here giggling. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad I can uh, add laughter to you guys' household. Um, no, this has been good, dude. I'm I'm incredibly happy to sit down and have this piece of uh this piece of audio to go out there for anybody and everybody to listen to man i think it's i think it's important i think that these things just being talked about can allow one other person or five other people or whoever it is to hear it and go fuck them too and (laughs) and yeah you know maybe we start a chain of progress man mama what was it when i was i was talking to you the other day about uh when the baby the baby geese were running out into the road and i was <laughs> while driving i was like oh come on goose oh don't do that <laughs> come on man i don't want to kill these little baby geese and what did you say i asked you if you were talking to the geese yeah but you said it was the it was the like the dichotomy of who i am mm. and the things that i've done oh <laughs> Yeah. Um, so into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really awesome and funny because nobody else really gets to see it that often. But I get to see it a, an inside peek quite a bit of mm-hmm. my husband, who's this strong, freaking badass who runs fucking everything trucks, cranes, whatever you name it. Nothing really ever slows you down. Like, ever. <laughs> You're ambitious <laughs> as shit. You've just got this, like, fuck this shit. I'm going to make the world my bitch attitude, like, 90% of the time. Or at least that's what you portray 90% of the time. Nice. And then there's these little bits where there'll be these adorable little baby geese. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to squish you. <laughs> that's so beautiful that's so beautiful man and i love it (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's a good quality i would be the big big tough guy all you want but as soon as like there's baby geese around the the furry ones you know before they get feathers before they turn into vicious blood-sucking monsters that need to die Yeah. yeah 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 those 
I'm like, oh, come on, man. I don't want to do that. And and the funny thing is, if it would have been a, 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 a gaggle of adult geese walking across that road, you would have stepped on the gas even harder, wouldn't you? <laughs> Canada geeses dropping Canada geeses. <laughs> That's it. Um, I like that geese story, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that could be broadened into like so much more of, of attention paid to life is like, yeah, but still just care about the baby geese, you know, mm-hmm. with everything else going on. Like, and, and I've gone all over the state of Alaska killing things. <laughs> oh yeah. So like, I've got all that going for me too, but it, like, I still don't want to be responsible for killing a baby bird. No, thank you. Unless that bird is a, a duck and it's been fatly plumped with a bunch of good stuff and cooked in a, a nice butter bath with some herbs on top and that baby bird I'd eat. That's different. I did have some kick-ass duck in Munich, by the way. They did make you? good duck over there. That that uh, that German duck. You what? Oh, please Hang ask on. me. So, Aaron, regarding this um, internal battle, yeah, dealing with all of these things on your own, never showing weakness, as the mother of a little boy who shows weakness quite often because he's five, <laughs> I'm incredibly curious as to when that shift happens, how young does that shift happen when it it switches from the boy who feels comfortable telling his parents and his sister and his friends when something's wrong when does it flip and suddenly they're dealing silently um the i can't speak for everybody but i can definitely tell you for me it was it had to have been it is oh man that's a really tough thing so 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 I, i want to caveat all of this by saying i don't think there's weakness like that, that i don't believe it actually exists i don't believe that a boy can be weak and suddenly be a strong boy i think i i don't i don't i truly inherently don't believe that exists but the what it always is is uh, i can't say that for me it was the moments when i realized that there were uh, what i have to say, man this is hard this is really hard cuz <laughs> she hit you with a good one yo yo real, you really did um Here's in the most general sense, right? I I think what it is is peer pressure without a uh, positive reinforcement at home. So if there is an environment cultivated where cool kids show strength and that's interpreted as as that's what makes them cool. 
or the first time you're on the play, the playground and you fall and you bump your knee and you cry and another boy goes what are you a girl hmm. um or your dad does it or your uncle does it or your grandpa does it or some may or a gym teacher the the male role mo- the toxic male role models because i believe in toxic masculinity it's it's abhorrent it ruins almost every guy i've known in their 20s is utterly ruined from actual social interaction by toxic masculinity we are incapable as young males to actually interact in society health, healthily there almost isn't one there almost isn't one and it's nothing other than toxic masculinity it's taught that feelings aren't acceptable i mean i mean it, it it is it's just all taught it's 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 in the movies you watch it's in the the how your peers with their bad dads interact at school um and if and if and if kids can't come home and especially boys can't come home and be able to talk about it and like be have the positive reinforcement like hey buddy those other boys are wrong in this like it 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 just kind of will happen you know i i was as as much like weird toxic masculinity in alaska there was in the 90s that i grew up around i i saw my dad cry all the time and like that was something for me that allowed me to like never truly be ashamed of that of 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 sadness and and crying and feeling those feelings um now you know there was there was like the 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 reverse side of that was like i thought that that like you should never show pain so so if if you're like playing and you fall and you hurt yourself you can't show that you were hurt so that that's where like for me the toxic masculinity really came in was like i could be an emotional guy with my friends but if we were playing hard and i got hurt there you better never show that like you know it's it's it, and it's weird it's it's what I, yeah i don't know it's 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 a, it's a tough one I have asked Jake the same question and he didn't really have a specific memory or anything that it was specifically tied to because I asked him when when did it switch when did that that switch flip because there is one with all boys I think yep and he couldn't remember an exact moment it was more just around an age and i'm a little concerned for my son because it seems that particularly it doesn't really have the effect when the mother or sister or a female 
comes in and says, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to cry. It's okay. It's not received the same. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't convince them. It's like almost, you have to say that because you're my mother or. um, So what I can say to that is never stop saying it because I promise you we hear it. I promise you we hear it. Now, part of adolescent male conditioning, I mean, what, how, how old is your son now? Five. Oh, five, five. Yeah. So, so five. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean six in a, well, this month. Yeah. So, so for, you know, for that young of an age, um, I can tell you that like, you know, for me being like trying to think back or like my little brother as a six-year-old, you know, he, he was like always his own guy and this soft, gentle, loving, mm-hmm. sweet boy. And I think because I was such a, a, a hellion and like I, I did all of like the disjointed growing up as the older brother and the weird household and stuff like that, that I don't think Rusty ever, I don't know. I I would love to ask him about it, but I don't think he ever was in a position where he felt like there's like a, a a reason to hold it. I don't know. Maybe he did. I, I just, I just always remember him being the one throughout our entire childhood who like did wear his emotions on his sleeve and like, wouldn't it seemed like he was far less willing to like discount his own worth for the the like the social conveniences of what boys are like around boys um and i think that's because i i honestly think that's because we have like we just emotions ran very high in our house you know, I, I took the negative side and I, and I, and I didn't let it be positive emotion. I just harbored anger and things like that. I was, I, you know, I was, I was an angry boy. Um, but I don't think Rusty was. And I guess my whole point of saying this is it, it's never, There isn't one like formula Mm. to guarantee the success or failure of like positive emotional release Mm -hmm. without guidance in, in doing that, um, and examples of it. So if, 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 if young boys have examples of what old boys look like in positive emotional release, that's about all you can do to hope that they follow. Hmm. Looks like you're up, babe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I can tell you it was the, how many friends of mine I've talked to who never saw their dads cry? 
And it's impossible to think that they never did. Everybody fucking cries. Mm -hmm. Everybody cries. You may feel bad when you do, or you may think it's an ugly or a disgusting trait of yourself or whatever we tell ourselves, but we all, we all do. And to, it's like the most, the most cathartic healing action that we do as humans. Mm -hmm. And if any human, but boys really in particular, don't understand that we have to, like that we will feel things that, we will feel things in a way that it seems girls and women don't feel them that those things in the same way we have as crazy as it sounds we have dicks we have this we have this fascinating external hanging tool off of our bodies that is uncomfortable it's weird it surprises you when you weren't ready for it you know you're going through craziness as an 11-year-old and no other 11-year-olds are talking about it. Mm. Um, as soon as it's talked about, it's only made jokes about. It's never discussed with authenticity because we probably didn't have parents that discussed it with us with authenticity. We didn't have uh, sex ed or anything like that. And, and so we are waking up as an 11-year-old boy and for the first time, all you can think about are boobs. And you can't never not think about them. You can't look at a, a, a Sears catalog without like it ruining the rest of your day. You can't. And, and it's, I think, I truly think it's in that moment when puberty first starts to hit that we become ashamed of our bodies in a way that is girl there has never been a girl in an eighth grade math class who got a boner for no reason and had to tuck it up in their waistband so no one else in class knew no but we can't control that we have no it just happens and the flip side for girls would be the menstrual cycle a hundred percent a hundred percent um which i know is like incredibly disconcerting and comforting for 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 females um and, and it's like it is just this weird discomfort with our bodies i think and i don't think any of us talk about it but we were all there we were all uncomfortable with our bodies and we had to harbor this like confused uncomfortable feeling about our physical being and when once you hide that, it's not hard to then hide like the, the insecurity around that and then sadness mm -hmm. around like your friends who have armpit hair first and you still don't have armpit hair because that's being a man. Being a man is growing hair. Your dad has chest hair and armpit hair. And like if you're a year late, it fucks you. It fucks with you. You never talk about it. You're never even made fun of about it. But you know that the boys in your class have armpit hair and you don't yet. Or 
or you have armpit hair first in fifth grade or sixth grade and no other boy does. And now you don't wear tank tops to school. Why? Not never because one person said one word to you about it, but you go home and you look in the mirror and you know. And if it's never talked about ever, it's it, it, we just, we, we harbor that and, and Mm -hmm. make it our fault. We don't know how biology works. We don't know how any of that works. And, and it is, it's that like 10 year old, 11 year old timeline and it, our bodies do crazy shit and. And we're flushed with testosterone for the first time in our lives. We've never had testosterone as an endogenous drug before until we're that age. And so we're, we're getting, we're changing, we're getting a drug that our body makes that we have no control over and it ruins social interaction. Testosterone is terrible for like being kind to people oh, when, yeah. you're, when you're young. Or being kind to yourself. And with increases aggression quite a bit, doesn't it? Um uh, well yeah, it it can release aggression, but the other thing it can do is drive people inward and like 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 super introvert mm. to 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 almost releasing no emotion at all. Because anger all anger is is the body's representation at that young age, the body's need to release emotion, and we have no tools to know the difference between emotions. Mm. So anger's anger's easy. It's the easiest one. It takes the the least amount of effort to act that way. Mm-hmm. And it, and in the moment, yelling and screaming and punching and hitting feels so good. Like mm-hmm. it feels good because you're releasing it, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but anger's most of the time that angry feeling is like the the mask for crying. It's the mask for I don't know how to describe what I'm feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling something I've never felt and I have no words to even, I, my brain doesn't even have the language to, to describe to my own self what it is I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it all comes from just, you know, language, how, how you talk to your kids about what emotions are, how one, um, you know, and this is coming from someone with no kids, right? Like I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. So I I just was a boy and I, I, all I can, like, I wish, like, there's so many things that now as, as an adult man that I would have been like, like, if I would have just been told, um, like, I don't know, like, if yelling Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's weird. It's like, if I would have, if I would have been told that, like, 
yelling and getting angry at um at yourself yelling and getting angry at yourself looks a lot like yelling and getting angry at other people mm. and we have to make sure that if we're angry at ourselves we don't treat others like like that like like you can't be angry at someone else because you're angry at yourself and mm -hmm. when i was young and i watched you know parents fight or whatever happened i i just thought that oh no that anger is because of someone else like it is someone else's fault that this anger is happening right it's never mm -hmm. like the person that is angry it's that it's them that's angry mm -hmm. it's, it's always cause and effect after retroactively and mm -hmm. as a young boy i would be so mad at myself but not understand that like it's just it only goes that far there's nothing external to have to make the mad and the angry happen and mm -hmm. i would deflect a lot and rusty would become my scapegoat for a lot of my anger when we were kids because mm -hmm. i couldn't recognize it was only internal he was in the same room as me and i was angry it had to have been his fault not me like mm. you know um yeah it's weird huh. did you experience that Mm, well, I was on the losing end. I was on the little brother end. Yeah. So for reasons that I couldn't understand, my Your brother was mad at you. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, would go out of his way to, I mean, he would set me up. <laughs> in many cases, he would blatantly set me up just to watch me get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, dude, can't we just play Battleship? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. Nope. Not today. Right. And, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's those moments like, man, but also, also, you know, I was raised with boomers. My dad was born in 1947. Two years after World War II ended, my dad was born. Oh, yeah. Like, so, I was unlucky enough to be raised with a generation that didn't do this. Now, also in the same, like, just the generation of the age of those parents, right? Now, luckily enough, my mom studied psychology in high school. My dad studied psychology and philosophy at college in his 40s and 50s. Um, so they had they had like a, a a measured level of like um like i think they had a measured level of what like healthy conversation ought look like mm -hmm. but they still had the cognitive dissonance up of reflecting that back on themselves and doing the work on themselves so they were still oh no we don't talk about our problems we don't help ourselves. We bottle everything up and hold it in and suffer 
but I can say really nice, positive things to you. I can never fix myself, but you know, it's, is, was that mixed messages? A hundred percent messages be, for you guys. A hundred percent because yeah. we were, it was being, you know, do as I say, not as I do. It, it was a hundred percent that behavior. And, and I mean, I remember conversations my brother and I had at like seven and nine years old, like, like, hey, man, promise me when we grow up, we're not going to do this. You know, like we would have those conversations with each other. Like this isn't what <laughs> this isn't what it should be like or look like or, you know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we 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 our generation is at least better equipped now for like we recognize that there shouldn't be avoidance of things like therapy and um self-help and uh you know i mean there's just there's a whole wave of tools now available that aren't taboo and shouldn't be taboo you know, mm-hmm. in a different time, like it, I sh- I should have been a ten year old in therapy. I recognize that now. I should have been because I think I at that moment I wouldn't have been an angry twelve year old if I would have been in therapy at ten. I wouldn't have been beating up weak young kids and picking. I wouldn't have been doing any of that you know it was 1994 <laughs> it's, yeah the times were different right and the stigma was still alive and well yeah i mean it still is put it's your... just lessening you know mm-hmm. well yeah and you wouldn't put your 10 year old and your 10 year old boy Specifically, you wouldn't put your 10 year old boy into therapy unless he was like a raging sociopath. Yeah, if he was murdering or cats. He was, exactly. Yeah. He was either murdering cats or he had threatened grandma with a knife one too many times. He had, he had, he had, like, for you the, had to do something. For the fifth time, part of the house caught on fire. <laughs> okay, maybe you need therapy. Like, like, yeah, those were the extremes. Other than that, yep. No, man. Getting bullied doesn't help either. Like, I don't know what schools are like today. I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what bullying is like today. I'm, I'm, I'm just so out of the loop. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if like real fights happen still. They do. It's, it's the same. I'd imagine all, pretty much all the same bullshit is alive and well. Yeah, but, but I think it ends quicker now i i think but i don't know uh, well but 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 you can get a picture the physical sure, it yeah. just turns into cyberbullying it turns into cyber so the mental right. is prolonged still going strong it's still going strong and lasting longer and and you don't only have four kids in your class making fun of you you have potentially every student in your school 
now ability to make fun of you online or other mm-hmm. schools. True. Mm-hmm. Like, right, the, the pile on. God, kids suck. <laughs> Sometimes I forget about it and I for, just forget about how much children suck. Yeah. And then I remember it and I go, I don't miss it. I don't miss any of it. But man, I. It's like the, when you asked about, do I care about me at 16? No. <laughs> yeah. No, because that's all that, all those memories are lumped together. Right. Right. I don't care about any of them. I don't think the kids suck, dude. I think the parents, I can't say the parents suck, but there, there is no Ooh, way. I got one for you. Oh, what? Oh, the parents suck? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's just no way that like compassionate, loving, attentive parents can have kids that, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Children like, do what they're going to do, yeah. but, regardless of your guidelines, your rules, mm-hmm. your your. Uh, so, but but do you your, do you not experiments? Fucking what? examples. Yeah. I think it's not the kids. I don't know that it's necessary. I mean, of course, there's factors and variables, and it's a little bit the kid and it's a little bit the parent. But I honestly think it's just that time of life. That time of life sucks. That just. Everybody talks about childhood, about being this amazing thing. Childhood's confusing as shit. Yeah, it's terrible. You have very little autonomy. People are constantly telling you what to do. If it's not your parents, it's your teachers. If you're, if it's not your friends telling you how to dress and how to talk and what, I mean, it's confusing as shit. And then your body starts changing and you have no control over that either. I but, honestly don't well, but, know that it's... So, specifically kids or parents that well, well the time. I, my brain and now now i'm you know obviously this is like so outside of like even professionals who study this shit but in my head like my brain wants to tell me like i yeah maybe i'm wrong maybe like like my impulse is to go it seems as if there was like the the quintessential like healthy you know um undiscriminatory positive like home environment mm-hmm. it seems hard to think that the kid would leave that environment with any impulse to act in the opposite of that like the idea is it everything that kids do is introduced to them mm. it's it is all mm. introduced to them and it could be as simple yeah. as it could be as simple as car rides or you know i mean they, they're sponges and they pick up everything and yeah they're going to go to school and they're going to be introduced at that moment to kids with less 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 you know uh compassion that, yeah yeah kids with less compassion kids with parents with less compassion kids mm-hmm. that use kids with parents that just use words like strong and weak mm. it may not even be 
as discriminatory or anything over the top. But if a, a, a kid hears a parent go, oh, that guy's weak or, 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 or not, you're already setting up dichotomies of what the world looks like and it's black and white and they're painted into these big swaths and it, like it, it, I, you know, it's hard for me to think that kids would come up with that on their own if they didn't hear it first. You know, there, there are no racist babies. <laughs> Can we put that on a sticker? I don't see why not. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I and, and it's, you know, it's, it's the, the, the home is where like sanctuary is. It's where safety is. It's where all honesty ought be had. You know, kids, you know, like, learn, like, hey, man, there's some things that, like, you can't say in school. But if you're here and we're having an honest discussion, say, say whatever you want to me, you know, and we'll, we will have the discourse about it. It has to be open, you know, say, say fuck in front of your kids, say shit in front of your kids, they, kids aren't dumb they can know that words you shouldn't say some words but you can say them here like like it's it's you know never say retard but you can call someone an idiot or don't call someone an idiot but but like you, you know what i mean though like mm -hmm. i i it's there's an if you restrict behavior they're going to want that behavior especially if somebody else is doing it first mm -hmm. and but so-and-so gets to do that yeah you know mm -hmm. and 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 for me it's like you, you you can either start from one or two places everything is off limits and you only grant what they're allowed to do or everything is open and you restrict the things that are unhealthy and and for me, the healthiest way is everything is open to start. Every single thing is open to start. And listen, you're you're it's gonna be unsafe, so I'm not gonna let you cross the street without looking first. Like I'm restricting that behavior because it's about health, but I'm not gonna tell you you can't cross the street. Like, you know, all allowances have to be made available and then just the the, the reins pulled on the 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 actual ability to you know to do those things instead of saying nothing is allowed except this this and this and you're all like that's all you get right what you get is we're bored there's nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> you can do damn near whatever you want and they're like there's nothing to do mm-hmm Entertain me, peasant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're eight. <laughs> Entertain yourself. Coloring pencils. Go for it. <laughs> Dude, I think about my childhood all the time. Like, I, and I grew up between two fields in northern Indiana. And I think, like, do my parents let us do damn near whatever we wanted. Like there were very few limitations. I used to like get home from school and take my shotgun into the woods. <laughs> yeah. I was 12. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh True. yeah. And then just go fuck off. Oh yeah. No care, no care, no concern. They're like, cool. Don't shoot yourself. Don't shoot anything that doesn't belong to you. Okay, cool. Or like my brother and I would take off and ride our bikes, you know, forever on a on an open country road. Probably much like you and Rusty. Oh yeah. You know? Just take off. See when we see it because there are no cell phones. <laughs> yeah, Rus- Rusty wasn't. Rus- Rusty would Rusty would do some biking, but he was he he wanted to be inside. He wanted to be composing music. He wanted to be making his own currency. He wanted to be, um, yeah, I mean, drawing Godzilla <laughs> for the thirtieth time and perfecting it ever more. And like like that that was always him. Um, you know, I was always out on my bikes with the other kids in the neighborhood because I could not. Like I had to be gone. I just, I've always had to just be gone. Um, Gypsy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Not Rusty, man. No, Rusty was totally just like, hey, leave me with my toys and my my imagination and I'm fine. I know this person. Yeah. <laughs> he's still that person. <laughs> 30 years of coming and he's still that person. Yeah. 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 It's fucking great. No, I uh, you, listen. You listen. You hear this? I think it's best you leave Vice President Santiago and I to our own devices. Well, I'll say if this. He hears it. He'll I'll know. say this. Uh, you two are fabulous humans, and I have no <laughs> fucking doubt in my mind that your son will be fucking great. Like it's it's the it, I know it's the worry now. Um, but you got a guy with a great head on his shoulders here. And the only reason he's alive is because you keep him that way. <laughs> it's true. And, it's true. uh, and, um, no, no, it's, you know, just be, just be so compassionate, man, to little boys. Like they, we we're dumb. We don't know much. We, we, we can't, we're not mind readers. We never will be ever, 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 ever. And, uh, perpetually we need to be told, um, not told, reminded that we're human. True. Yeah. <laughs> True. I was just thinking back to like, I remember coming home from school and my mother saying repeatedly, like on a daily basis, that she loved us and that, you know, she legitimately wanted to hear about our day. And just reinforce the fact that you could say anything to mom that you needed to. Yeah. And my dad's big deal was you could say anything to him that you wanted to, so long as you said it respectfully. Okay. And then I was, as you were discussing um, testosterone, I'm the one that turned inward Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. And became introspective. Yeah. And I was just happy in my own little bubble. Yeah. Was it, um, 
What, did, were you the early or late bloomer compared to like the, the swath of the rest of your friends? Do you remember? Uh, well, I was put in school a year early. So oh. I, my birthday's at the end of the school year. Right. So everybody was older than me. That was just normal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Everybody gotcha. was taller until they weren't. Mm-hmm. And hairier and, until they weren't. And they still are for the most part. Dude, look at this. <laughs> Nothing like a hairless cat. Oh, that's you're so you're so fucking lucky. You're so lucky. You're so lucky. Shaving my chest is not a thing I'll ever have to do at this rate. Oh, I just (laughs) I'm a fucking blanket, man. I gotta keep that shit down. My ears. I have ear hair that that grows outside of my ears. Oh yeah. Never, never thought about it. I said not too long ago. How the hell did nobody ever tell me the ear and nose hair were going to be so pervasive when I grew up or invasive? It is insane to me. See? Things things we don't talk about. No. Right no. there. Ear and nose hair. But I wonder why. I wonder why. There's not a dude out there that doesn't have a backup plan to trim his ear and or nose hair. <laughs> We we're all aware of it. Yeah, but we but don't know about it. talking about that shit. No, except Aaron, and now by extension myself. Probably Rusty. Rusty would be done to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, he would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rusty's pretty open. He still doesn't have any gray hair yet, though, and I'm bummed about it. Hmm. Yeah, he did lose the hair battle though, didn't he? Yeah, well, we both did. I mean, that's that's our I mean, my dad is 75, 76 and he has more hair than we do. On top of his head. It's fucking embarrassing. Thanks, dad. Yeah, it's not his genes. Way to go, Dick. It's, it's, it's actually not his genes that did. It's my mom's side. They were the bald ones. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, gray hair it, that's that's been the hardest part for me like turning almost, you know, late 30s is like I have so much gray and silver in my hair and my beard now it's it is so fucking disheartening dude you're distinguished you're a gentleman i just wanted Um, one of those cool like why can't i get the patch in the middle or like the sideburn things like professor or mr what doc uh fantastic four had the gray swap like that was always so fucking cool to me i don't get any of that cool shit nothing nothing Instead, you got a Viking beard. Mm-hmm. Well, Hell gravity yeah. pulled it straight down from the top and out the bottom. <laughs> That's all that was. I've, I'm too damn tall. Um, the uh, uh, low oxygen up top doesn't promote great hair growth. Something. There's a tall joke it in could there be. somewhere. Yeah. I'd buy that. Yeah. All right. Well, I am going to say this. We just did four hours. And that's all right. That's that I knew we would. I knew we would. Um, I love you guys. You, Jake, brother, you, uh, I love you too, man. I'll I'll tell you this. Uh, be kind to future you. Because while the past one, doesn't exist yet 
and we don't have to care about them, the future one almost inevitably will. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on that, Aaron. I'm working on that. Good. Good, man. And then you guys are going to we'll go, uh, and then you guys are just going to, you know, in the meantime, um, record some Sonic Karma and get that out into the world for real now, aren't you? God, I hope so. The uh, The issue for me was always, and I said it in the text, like, I need Rusty to map the songs. <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up with the time signature and meter any changes. There are too fucking many of them. And I don't know what they are. Yep. Rusty, map it out. Give me a click. I'll do the rest. That's it. That's it. But yeah, man, I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. Good. Well, hopefully we get that other, You like you said, you got nine days, so we got to get that Metal, yeah. Fel- Metal Fellows episode knocked out. I got to go back and listen to that goddamn album again. I forgot all about it. <laughs> Completely passed out. That was three months ago. Um, Cool. Yeah, sorry. It's not no. It's 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 not you. It Jake. It's listen. It's it's not you. Life. Life. And I just chalk it up to summer mostly. It's summer. Yeah. Everybody's at their like. That's peak, it. Busiest. That's it. That's it. It's. Yeah. It is the universe doing exactly as it intends. When it happens. The way it's supposed to happen. That's right. All right. Well, I just, I just really look forward to these. Oh, this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and Metal Fellows oh, episode. I look forward to them so much. This, like, I look forward this, to this. This is my catharsis. Yeah. This is uh, the unwind, and unplug from the matrix and just do things that bring me joy. <laughs> and hanging out, talking about metal music mm-hmm. with the dudes. Mm-hmm is real fucking high on my list. Oh, Things dude, that make me happy. It's so fucking fun. It's so fun. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. No, we, we will. We got to get that. And then we got to get you actually on for like this, the, the song Aria episodes or whatever we did where we each just pick one song. Yes. Maybe, maybe, uh-huh. maybe uh-huh. what we should do is we should tell Rusty. Rusty, if you're listening to this four hours in, I hope you are. Um. You have to commit to two episodes this time. Hell yeah. I'm Let's calling it. it out. All right. Let's do well, it. well, hey, I will say this. Uh, for all of you out there still here, thank you for tuning in and um, sticking with us for four hours. This has been a, an incredibly enlightening and, and invigorating conversation. Um, and... I hope that each and every one of you could take something away from this, even if it is just that Jake and I are incredibly long-winded. Um, if that's the takeaway, well, yeah. then fair. Fair game. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. Um, any last words, guys? Anything else to say? Did mm. I answer your question about boys? Do I now? Oh, you uh, yeah, yeah. I am. I am a female, so I don't think I will ever understand. So I'm going to have to rely heavily on the community of dudes that you are starting, so that 
when things get confusing. The bromunity. Yeah, the bromunity. We're going to have to <laughs> depend on that so that when things get confusing, and I have no idea what to say because I, I don't understand, then I will have male role models for him to go to and ask and discuss. Yeah, my my I've said this before again, but I th- I feel like my actual duty in like is isn't like creating my own offspring, but it's just being the fucking coolest uncle to every single one of my friends' kids. Like if I could just spend my entire life just being the best uncle they've ever had to mm-hmm. every one of my friends' kids, then that's like almost better than like maybe fucking up your own kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally I'm down with that you know it's easy for me alright you guys no. I, won't, I won't keep you any longer this is four hours and it's one in the morning here and it's Ooh, three yeah. in the morning there oh yeah 3 a.m. Yeah. hey that's a good Matchbox 20 song you ever get down to Matchbox 20 God dang it, it's been a long time. I got nothing. Okay, well, that's all right. You out there who knows that, 3 a.m. is the, the good one. Um, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. All right, so for me, wait. No, how do you say that? Oh, how, how do you do that? For, 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 for Jake, I've been Aaron. Is that how you in those, like those... For this person and this person, I've been and signing. I don't know what I'm. It's too late. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna be frank. I'm bad at this, man. I'm really bad at this. This whole podcasting thing. I don't know why. I Can do I it still be Garth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I still be Garth? That may have to actually be. <laughs> the name of we've been talking about putting on so many masks. Yeah, but can it's I still good be one. Garth? Take me, Garth. Where? Oh, then we could get the jacket. Then we, then I've we, only got half a tank of gas. No, I think that's what we'll do. Can I? The name is the episode is "Can I Still Be Garth?" And then we're gonna get the the photo of Wayne's World in the Pinto rocking out and Photoshop our heads yes. on Garth and Wayne, and that'll I'm be good a with it. Fantastic, fantastic thing. All right, can I still be Garth? Fuck yeah! All right, everybody, we figured it out. See, we accomplished one goddamn thing tonight. Four and a half hours, and we named the episode. That is exactly Nailed how it. we do it. Uh, and as I end every episode that I do, uh, the if I can be consistent about anything, it's this. Treat each other well, live your best lives, and drive like you know each other. <laughs>